Salutations! Salutations! And welcome to the 30th episode, episode number 30 of the In The House podcast. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I'm, I'm a little fired up to be here tonight. Uh, I've, got, I've, got the, uh, I've got the itch to, to proclaim about this team. You ready for this? This is going to be a groovy yes. show. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. I got him. It is. Nicely done. And, got uh, him. Thank God that for my ampedness, I have got uh, my pun master in chief, <laughs> my partner in crime, my long time favorite non-familial, non-spousal person. <laughs> my partner, who tonight is coming to us live from a Jeopardy audition in Auckland, New Zealand, Andy Frederick. <laughs> Andy, you. welcome. Thank you. How is the audition going? Well, I, I feel a little uh, duped. Okay. I thought I was auditioning to host. Oh, you thought you were going to get to be <laughs> Alex Trebek. Yeah, yeah. Not only is he not here, okay. he's apparently not coming. No, I, don't, I wouldn't imagine so. <laughs> and I love Alex Trebek. He's taking that show. and I mean, he is he's an icon. He right? is. He, he is. His time is over. You think that you're you're re- the now world is, is ready the for Andy Frederick for Andy. Okay, you okay? I can see you. That's ask, why I came to Auckland. Is because I thought he was going to be. You don't want to actually be on the show, like it's, answering questions. No. I'm sorry, answering answers. No, I'm a I'm a dullard. Okay. I can't. I can ask questions. I can read from a cue card. You're just not that bright. I'm just not that. Bright. Do you have the condescending? Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. That's wrong. More so. Okay, you can more be even so. more of a uh, subtle dick than Alex it's, Trebek. It's condescending with a hint of uh, passive aggression. Nice. Love it. That's that's the that's really the mix you're looking for that's in a game a show. It's 2018. Uh, it is. Spice it up now. Uh, <laughs> Now that we have established that you will not be quitting your day job no. to host the New Zealand version of Jeopardy, yet, yet, <laughs> uh, I think that we can progress with the show. Yeah. Uh, in order to progress with the show, thank God, after last week not having a guest, this week we've brought in somebody really special. Yeah. We've brought in someone that you have heard. If you are a Loose City fan, you hear the sounds yeah. that this man makes. Mm-hmm. You've heard him on the Barrel Proof Podcast. Yep. You've heard him singing the national anthem prior to yep. games. You've heard him and the entire group that he leads banging the hell out of some drums. You've heard the songs of his people. Yes. This is... The, <laughs> this is... Va- basically the sound of Lou City. Yeah. I always call Lance McGarvey the voice the of voice. Louisville City. This is the sound of yeah. Louisville City. It's Joe Vallow, ladies and gentlemen. Joe! Hey, we always do. (laughs) If you're not going to clap yourself, I will. Thank you for having me on. I've been listening, and it's pretty awesome. Alex Trebek now has a goatee. I don't know if you're aware of that. Since he didn't show up. The time is over, It is over. And he used to host a show, since I have, uh, my teeth are a little longer than most supporters. No. He used to host (laughs) a show where you rolled dice. Okay. What? Yes. If you look it up, you would roll dice. You'd answer a question, and you'd have to roll dice down this these big foam dice down <laughs> this thing. <laughs> what? And, and if you got and, and you had to get a number that hadn't been picked already, and I don't remember the name of it. Yes, that was his first show before. That's before hilarious. I remember he also had a daytime show that was uh, like memory. It was basically like a board that I looked like the Jeopardy that. board, yes. and uh, you had to try to Those, m- do matches. I do remember that. Those seventies game hosts. Were, uh, were, were sex 
uh, appeal guys. They that was the heyday. Yeah, yes. that was the heyday of the game show. Yeah. Trebek and all those. They things. were basically like Motley Crue before Motley Crue. Yeah, they were. And that's that's saying something. And I hate that I remember that. <laughs> I uh, frankly, I loved all those shows from the Game Show Network, so I've got no objection to it. Um, Joe, we're really pleased that you're here I'm tonight. Thankful you guys think me, asked me to be here. I really appreciate it. I, I think mean, that we're going to have a fun show tonight. Yes. But uh, we we're need, terrible. We, we're terrible. We need guidance, and uh, the only way we can get that is we we got to let uh, we got to <laughs> let fates. Lady Chance decide. <laughs> and so, if you would please do us the honor, we've got a coin right here. Yes. And we'll see if we're going to do a game review. Do you want yes. Or no, a game preview right here. Heads means what? Heads, heads, heads means we're going to do a game preview and tails, tails review. Now, I'm, as a, as a fan of tail, I'm going to go ahead. and... I didn't realize this was the kind of show we were going to have oh, tonight. Did God. you listen to the podcast? Did you listen to the down here? If you listen to the Barrel Proof podcast last week, you know that this can go in a lot of uh, different directions. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, he was not in the same. I'm glad that Andy wasn't auditioning in the same town mm-hmm. that you guys were referencing mm-hmm. on uh, Barrel Proof last week. You wouldn't be talking about Dildo Newfoundland, would you? I would be referring okay, to Dildo sure. Newfoundland, okay, which uh, famous. <laughs> Famous for their daisies there, yeah, and, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and nothing else. And make sure to get out there and support dildo days. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Goodness. We're, we're already off the rails. We're, the rails. And we're, we're five thirty oh, in. Nice so this is no. We've uh, we've we, he's flipped a heads. Heads. Uh, heads. So we're gonna do a game preview. This yeah. is the thirtieth episode, and I imagine. I, we lost count a long time ago, but I think that we're probably still heavily in favor of Tails. I imagine it's like 19 to 11 or something like can that. I, can I take an aside real quick? Please. Real quick. I, I can't imagine go, going forward at this point. Okay. <laughs> 30 episodes. 30. Right? Yeah. Here's the significance of that is that Evan and I, for as long as we've known each other, have called ourselves idea men. Yeah. Okay. We come up with what we feel are great ideas, right. stuff that would work. Zero follow through. No follow through. So for us to get to third, we've been doing this for thirty weeks. Yeah. Wow. This is this may be the thing other than our marriages that we've put the most effort to in I'm our okay entire lives. What's, I'm okay with it. What's that? an example of one of those ideas? Three of them we one hundred percent cannot refer to. One okay. of them yeah. is an act, one of them is in actual active development by my mother, and so I can't okay. refer to that. Yeah. And uh, well, how about uh, we had the idea for cereal milk? Yes. We had that idea in two thousand and one. And so two thousand and one, we said the almost best two part, decades ago. Yeah, the best part of drinking milk. Is this or eating cereal is, is the, the milk at the end of it, right? It tastes How like your cereal. That it's got that the little so crumblies. Captain Crunch. Yeah, exactly. Our idea was to bottle it, just to create, and then in the cap, like uh, in the yogurt thing, in the down. cap you'd have I a little steal bit. Of it. Let me no, somebody's already done. Somebody's already done. Somebody's already done. Yeah. Yeah, and this is why we don't tell anybody. Why we stopped our ideas. Yeah, and our other ideas, which are horrible ideas are great ideas. Yeah. But for us to get to 30 anything, anything that we've decided to do, I just want to say I'm impressed with us. I'm I'm impressed with you. I am a fan. I also love Michael. 
I yeah. got to know Michael. I got to know Mike back in the day when he started this thing out, the the Scouse's House deal. He's he's great. He's a wonderful guy, and we're friends. And uh, plus, plenty of the folks. I mean, I got to go over there some last year because yeah. we, we tried mm-hmm. to do some things. I, the way we're doing it now, it's just hard to leave from over there. Anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. I I um, think that the new stadium is going to create a lot yes. of extra interplay between Absolutely. the two sides of the Absolutely. field. I'm I think we'll be better organized. Frankly, we love the way that this year there's been improvement in terms of the tailgate ideas yeah. and co- and collaboration, the travel collaboration. The, there's been a lot of good stuff that yeah. we've gotten better at, and I think that this offseason will be even better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, leading into the new stadium, I think we're really going to have some good stadium-wide uh, yeah. chants and songs and uh, really take advantage of the quality come, we get. Visitors who come like with us, like other team support groups who come, I think – will legit be impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do too. I think they already are. But uh, I think they will be uh, even more so when they see the uh, cut of our jib yeah. in the new stadium. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So we've got a heads. Heads. Sorry. No, you're fine, man. It's a good aside because I'm proud of us too. I'm also thankful to uh, Scouse and to the whole Scouse's house group for letting us do this for 30 shows. I I really expected after 9 or 10 for Kenny to be like, hey, listen. Yeah, we're not going to. Yeah, this is not really worth anything. It's actually just going to be me and Scouse now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you guys are doing a great job. And please, continue to do the show, but don't bother sending it to me. (laughs) uh, Yeah. We've, we've flipped a heads, and that means that we're going to do a game preview. And a game preview in this particular instance means previewing our game tomorrow night. We're uh, recording this on Tuesday, and uh, we've got a game, or away game, tomorrow night against Penn. Penn FC, formerly Wilmington. Or no, uh, no uh, Harrisburg. Formerly Harrisburg. Harrisburg. That's right. The Islanders with the worst That's mascot. right. The Islanders, ever. right? The City what? Islanders with the scariest mascot ever. It you was pretty terrifying. He looks like one of those things that... Used to blow like you know if you have a, a, a car lot. And yeah, they put their mask on. Very sort of gummyish. It was not good. So it was an actual person in a costume. Yes, it was a person in a costume. Oh, they had an actual was, mascot. Well, yeah. How many other teams in USL have that? Not many. I know the uh, Riverhounds do. Riverhounds have a, a dog. The Kickers do. And I know that Tampa Bay has something, some sort of fish. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, they have a pelican or some damn thing. They do. It's uh, <laughs> it is. I think that it's a it's a sea it's a seabird of some kind for Tampa Bay. And I have been. I, I don't. That's know, stupid. And okay. I have been. I've been angling for us to have a Colonel Sanders mascot. Sure. Who rides on a pony? Okay. And shoots fried chicken out of an air cannon. I like now the idea of free fried chicken. That's an idea. Maybe we could just get somebody to do that pro bono <laughs> yeah. and not require them to be the mascot. How mad do you think Brad would be if I just got a bucket of fried chicken? And a cannon? And, and, just ran and, out and, cannon. and I can just run onto the pitch and just like chuck hey, fried chicken oh, in the crowd. Chicken! I like it. Uh, Las Vegas has the llama. Vegas so there's is, you know, stuff oh, going on there. It's happening. Las Vegas is hilarious. Vegas. I don't but know if you want to start, to, you want to talk about the game? Let's talk. Yeah, about yeah, the game. yeah, no, no, no. We're, we we're, got plenty of time for a side. This is what let's happens when I do stuff. Even on the radio show, because I've gotten to do the radio show. Those guys have let me do that a few times, and I ruin the format. So I'm gonna stop talking. Yeah, no, no, no. no. It's, they, they, they whipped me into shape. They're like, hey, listen, you know, we've got this long for segments. You focus, uh, and that's why we like the podcast. Um, <laughs> do whatever we want. So uh, Pennsylvania, Penn, Penn, Penn FC. They are an enigma team. This is not a team that you can just feel confident about how they're going to play from week to week. Uh, They're not Atlanta where you feel like, yeah, this is a bad team. We should beat them. We should beat Penn. Like, I mean, by all rights, we're a more talented team, a better organized team. We're a better team. 
But Penn has a strange tendency to play to the level of their con- their competition, where they have been losing to some bad teams. Yeah. They have been beating some decent teams and drawing with some good teams. And so this is not a team that's easy to put your finger on. They are uh, currently 11th in the standings and six points out of a playoff spot. And with two games in hand over the two teams they're chasing there. So... This is not a team that no longer has anything to play for. They're not just being spoilers like Toronto are at this point. They legit still want to make it into the playoffs. And it's not a bad team. Playing on the road, we've tended to play better on the road this season than we have at home. I think that that has been... And and I don't even necessarily mean results-wise. I mean, the results also agree with that by the tune of like two or three points. But the, the... quality of our play to me has seemed stronger on the road they seem more confident and I don't I don't fully understand what's going on with that uh, but I'm hopeful that that will continue in this game which keeper have they been playing uh, that's a reasonable question yeah. Lasek, Lewis and Pizer okay I know earlier this season then I believe we saw Pizer I believe well he looks he looks like he looks terrible okay he well then he's terrible, terrible. Uh, wait is Lewis the redhead do you not have yes. pictures? Yes. So yes. So it's Lewis. Pictures. Yeah. Yes. Then, then Lewis is who we saw earlier this oh, season. Oh, Lewis. Because he's Ginger Keeper. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> right. Ginger Keeper. And uh, he, Martin and Lewis, we had some good ones for him. Yeah, we had yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, but that's the thing about this team is it's just fine everywhere. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they could have a terrible game. They could have a great game. And I don't think there's any real rhyme or reason to it. They don't even have like a kind of form over their last several games. Right. In their last several games, they they're coming off of a loss to North Carolina, which is not a team is a team that they need to be beating to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. or at least drawing with. And uh, before that, they had a nice win over Indy Eleven, who's yeah. significantly ahead of them in the standings. And before that, they lost to Atlanta, who's terrible. Yeah. So they, they don't, and they lost to Richmond like two games before that. There's this watching them play, and then like. Looking at where they are in the standings, look at the record. It's a very like you get the sense it's a very the, the theme mm-hmm. of their strategy is hope for the best. And, <laughs> uh, I generally feel like these are the kinds of games that you've got to get points from. Yes, especially at this point in the season, especially going into the playoff drive. Mm-hmm. We got six games left, and four of them are against teams that aren't in the playoffs or are unlikely to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And those are games you got to get points from. If you want to pl- have the second-place record or the third-place record and not go into this thing with the four or five seed and maybe you'd have to play a first road game, yeah. this is the time to win. Well, I think there's the roster flux there. There's been a, a little bit of that. And one of the things that's been going on with their franchise the last couple of years is there's a lot of dis- – I know there's rumor right now about them dropping down to Division Three. Just don't think. And I remember watching them a couple times last year. And ownership, young guy, talking about the you know the funds that require to compete against. Mm-hmm. You know, five years ago when they were the City Islanders, you could compete against Richmond, and 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 Charleston and, and Wilmington and, Wilmington and, and Rochester. And Rochester. Right. Well, now you got Louisville, and now you've got Charlotte, and now you've got teams in Tampa Bay that are looking to spend some money and not afraid to. Right. So and that's it, before you even talk about the MLS-bound teams like Cincinnati and Nashville yeah, who right, want right. to spend tons of money. Exactly. So I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're. Part of the flux could be the problems, not problems. I don't even know if they're problems, but just trying to find a good solution for how they're playing on the field and how they're how they're going to play the game off the field too. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that 
is still in lower level division soccer in the United States. That is still something that teams have to take into consideration. Is what are their goals? Yeah, because it's no longer enough to just be like, well, we've got a team. You've got to decide. I mean, do we want to be just a USL team that dominates? Do we want to just be able to, you know, stick it out in the USL long enough to hope that somebody buys them and we get an influx of money from them? Uh, are we hoping to be able to sell off and become a, a two franchise for one of the bigger teams? What is your goal? And when you don't know, when you don't have a clear-cut direction for your franchise right now, that leaves you in a place to get sort of run over. That's basically what happened to Rochester. I mean, I know they had stadium deal issues, but, I mean, realistically, it was because they didn't have a way forward. And you always look at professional sports teams. What goes on in the front office is always, I think, 99% of the time reflected on what goes on on the field. Sure. When you've got front offices that are stable, you've got a stable team. They might not be that good, but there's stability, there's logic to it at some point. And when you have front offices that are a mess, you've got a mess on the field. So Agreed. I'm not, I don't know if they're a mess. In this, I, never, I don't get the sense that they're a mess so much as they are just asking a lot of questions about who they want to be in the future. I think they're married to that baseball stadium. Yeah, yeah. they so are. They're uh, that, they're actually under a lease with that too. Right. That so so. that creates that creates a bit of an issue right off the bat when you start talking about do I want to be Division Two? Because eventually <laughs> Division Two, if USL keeps growing, it's going to be soccer specific stadiums. Agreed. So I guess I, maybe that has something to do with with why you get so much flux in how they play and how they compete on a weekly basis. I do know this, everybody wants to be the champion. So, Well, and that's the other part of that is, because like we, like I'm saying, there is an important, it's important to know where your franchise is going, mm-hmm. but you also got to remember that these are mostly 19 to 25-year-old men mm-hmm. who are trying to make a living playing a, a sport, and it's yeah. a competitive industry, and there's, you know, another... 8,000 of them graduating from Division One schools next year that are going to try to take these guys' jobs. And so these guys are all just trying to, they all want to play well. Mm-hmm. And so despite whatever kind of uh, flux there might be in the league or in your front office or whatever, in the end, it's how do you perform on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Penn has been, much like Harrisburg, just sort of, okay, you know, no, you shouldn't be booing like the their their crowds shouldn't be showing up. Like, what kind of product are you putting on the field? Right. But they also aren't you know amped up about a team that's likely to make a deep playoff run. Right. So it, we'll see. Uh, I'm I, I don't have a lot of analysis about the way they play. Partially because I still haven't ponied up for the ESPN Plus membership, <laughs> and so my my viewership, which my wife appreciates, my viewership of non LCFC games during the league season has dropped dramatically because I used to be able to just watch them the next day on YouTube whenever yeah. I had the time. Now you got to wait two weeks to watch a game on YouTube. and uh, At that point, it's... At that point, I've really stopped caring about a game between yeah. Penn and Atlanta to go back and see if they're playing with a back three or if they're overlapping their midfielders. I just don't care that much. Right. Uh, so I don't have a lot of great analysis about how Penn plays. Uh, I do know that this would be a good time for Lou City to make a definitive statement about how they play. Which is what I was going to say. How about definitive analysis of who we're going to be at this game on Wednesday? Right. This is a team in in flux. And you want to talk about flux. They're trying to install a new system under Hackworth. So there's a talk, talk about their flux. Which, I mean, we can talk about our flux as well. Yeah, and there's a lot of that going on. Well, I mean, frankly, this season, over the last you know calendar year, we have uh, had a COO resign. Mm-hmm. We've had a vice president without soccer experience who we love. I'm a Brad Estes yeah, lifer. Oh yeah, but uh, uh, we have you a ever question. Brad Estes is like 
devotion to this team. Watch him at a game. Shoot. He's insane. Yeah. Watch him at a game. Yeah. And but we've had him promoted to being the president of club operations. We've I mean of uh, the president of the club. Mm-hmm. We've had our uh, head coach resign midseason. Mm-hmm. We've had our we just had our director of operations leave midseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team where up top you've got a lot of change. There's been a there's a lot of the same players, but. Well, with injuries, yeah, it's it's been it's almost like they're bringing new players in, in and out too. So there's been there's been a fairly substantial amount of flux on the field as mm-hmm. well. And I've never seen a professional sports team at any level, as old as I am, as much as I love sports, that's ever had a season like this. I've never seen. Yeah, it. I've, ne- I've never crazy. seen this. I've never seen a team that had a coach at the groundbreaking one day and then the next day leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember being at the groundbreaking, watching him give a speech, yeah. saying, "You know, this is great for the franchise. The future of this club is yeah. bright." And then the next day, oh, I'm I'm out. Yeah. Well, to say it was bittersweet, that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah. like it was, a, it was a kick in the nuts and then a kiss on the mouth. Like, right, 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 right. What? Well, the other way around. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or the other way around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's been a lot of change. What I want to see though is. Now is the official time to start. This is how we want to play the rest of the year. If it's going to be a lot of what James O'Connor did and Coach Hackworth just saying, you know, they've had a lot of success doing this. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly my style, but it's what they're comfortable doing and it's what they're used to doing. I'm going to run you out there in, you know, the same type of formation. We're going to play through the middle and then play through the overlapping wings. Right. And then either cut in or make crosses, depending on what the defense is giving us. Great. We've seen that. It's worked for this team, and that's awesome. Yeah. By the same token, if he's going to say, you know, I like a more direct approach, I like to go over the top, or I like playing with only with four at the back and never going to three, whatever he's going to do, I just want us to start seeing us do it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that we've gotten enough. There's no longer the time to say, well, these guys haven't gotten to practice that. Yeah, they didn't get a full off season of practicing it. I get that. But they've been together now for, you know, yeah. a month and a half, and it's time to start whatever we're going to be when the playoffs start. We need to start being that now. Yeah. Because I like a lot of what I've seen from this club, yeah. even with the even when the results haven't turned out how I would how anybody who's a fan would choose to see them. I've liked a lot of the little things that I've seen, the substitutions. It seems a lot to me like he's just trying to figure things out. Yeah. Not that he doesn't watch and know what the players are capable of, but that he wants to see how do they react when they right. when I when I throw this at them. Yeah. Uh, what if I put this guy in this position just yeah. to sort of change his perspective on the field? There's a lot of stuff that I think that it's easy to criticize because it's not how it's always been done. Yeah. That might not be there may be method to what we consider madness when you yeah. see you know, Speedy come off the field in the 70th minute for somebody who's not a holding midfielder. Right, right, right. And you're going, well, what the hell are you doing? And when really he's saying, I need to know if Jose Carranza can play in that spot. Yeah. Or I need, to, I need to see how I feel about, you know, do I want to have Kyle Smith playing there and Sean yeah. play in the wing? Yeah. Or do I want to have George fall back into the midfield in a, position in and a, have Sean go forward? In a way, it's kind of an extension of what the triumvirate was doing. Absolutely. When we, were, when we, were, when we interviewed... George Davis, he said, like, you know, there's a lot more listening to the players. There's, you know, where yeah, do you want to play? Yeah. And to me, watching it, it's a little bit like Hack is like, let's see what can happen. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. And I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And I like what I've seen from, from the idea that we need to know what we have and he needs to know what he feels comfortable deploying. Yeah. 
but strictly from a personnel standpoint, this team without Brian Ownby is not this team. It's not the same. It's no. just Brian o- There is no answer for Brian Ownby in this league when he's healthy. There isn't. Agreed. There's, there's no answer. There is not a defensive back who can keep he, up with him. He, exactly. He creates such a, it's a, such a conundrum for the defense because he's so fast. But it's, 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 and he's not afraid to take chances either. It's yeah. not like he's just running down the wing hoping for somebody to, to you know to get him the ball. Yeah, he's not afraid to take chances on the inside. His vision when he's passing is fantastic. Well, you got to you know, remember, it, it, it's, it, there's no answer for him when he's healthy. Not having that weapon out there, mm. it's just it, I, it's, I think it has a big impact. Right now. Well, and we talked about it. I mean, it was shortly before Coach O'Connor left that Brian really went out. I know he's gotten yeah. a couple of uh, you know. Uh, cameo appearances since then, but I mean it was shortly before O'Connor left. So Hackworth hasn't had a healthy Brian Ombi to deploy right, yet exactly. uh, for sixty minutes at a time. It, I mean I think that it's unreasonable at this point with how much time he's missed to expect him to play ninety ever, especially with the motor he uses. But if we could get sixty minutes of Brian Ombi starting when the play by the time the playoffs start. Well, I mean, A, it just wears everybody else out yeah. on the field. And so that whoever it is, whether it's Niall or George or and Magnus Ballard. or Ballard, whoever it is, they're going to look that much faster than they would because these guys are going to have lead legs from chasing Brian Ownby for 60 minutes. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit last week. There have been times this season when he was the best player on the field in games where we were playing against MLS teams. Right. Uh, right. In particular, the Revolution game, mm-hmm. where he was the best player on the field and it wasn't particularly close. Right. Yeah. And during the playoff run last year, it's easy to remember because, forget, because Cam scored the game winner in the, uh, in the uh, championship game, mm-hmm. but Brian got us there. Yeah. He yeah. scored a goal in every other one of the playoff games, mm-hmm. including the goal that gave us a tie against New York and the goal that gave us the win in the second round game. Mm-hmm. Uh, without Brian Ownby last year, we are not U.S. Open uh, USL Cup champions. No. For, and frankly, from a casual fan perspective, it's just fun to watch him play. Mm-hmm. What you saying, son? Because he hasn't scored this entire season, right? Not in league play. He played. He's scored in the open cup. In league play, he hasn't scored, right? But it's still fun to watch him play. Absolutely. And that, from a casual fan standpoint, that's saying something. He's one of those guys that you pay to watch. Watch, Yeah. And that's fun. I've never seen a guy so deceptively fast in my life. It's terrifying when he takes. He gets going. His first step. (laughs) His first step is unbelievable for a tall guy. His first step is unbelievable. He has a weird he gets form. He like, does this weird so fast. He does this weird hunch thing when he gets going. The player that he reminds me of, and this is not fair because anytime you're comparing a you know a USL player to a world class individual, I mean that's that's tough. But the player he reminds me of in terms of speed and running is Mo Salah from Liverpool because of the same reason when Mo Salah is running fast, he doesn't look like he's running fast. He takes short little steps, yeah. and it's about his first step, it's about his body positioning, and it's about his motor right. getting him there, not long, beautiful, loping strides. Like when Mark Anthony Kay would run last year, yeah. he looked fast because yeah. his body was flying, and you know the long strides, he looked like a gazelle out there. Brian Ombi, it's like, oh, he's over there. Nope, he's over there now. Right. Well, okay, what, how did he get over there? And I love seeing that in him, and I'm looking forward to him coming back whenever it is. Uh, I did not ask for an update today because I try not to bug the front office too often about these things. But uh, last week they said he was darn close. He's missed. My guess is he doesn't play this week, the, tomorrow against uh, Penn, and that we see him deployed on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Let him get in for a home game. 
Uh, if he comes on at all, I imagine it would be, you know, mop-up duty for 10, 15 minutes just to get some run, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I hope that we see him play. But I also hope that we just sit, just start setting the tone for what we want to be come playoff yeah. time. Uh, and I, I'm not to the point where I care that much about the results. We need the points to get good seeding. But I don't care if we win 6 nothing. We're not going to win all of our games yeah. 6, six nothing. But I do care about the process, and I really liked the way the process yeah. has gone. So uh, I, I want to see us look the way I expect us to look going into the playoffs. That's that's my game preview. What's your I, prediction? That's where I was going next. Yeah, you want me to go first? I want you to go first. All right. Um, Penn FC on the road, coming off of a, a draw. Weird draw. And a loss. Which we'll get to. Okay. I've got us. With a two-nil victory, okay. two nothing. Okay. No, two-one. They're gonna get one back on us late. Two-one. So. Yeah. And I've got one of the goal scorers being George Davis the fourth. I, like I thought it. George has played super well the last couple of games, and I think he's gonna get on the There's board. There's a little bit more aggression out of George. I feel like lately. Yeah. He. It seems like somebody. Maybe Coach Hackworth. Maybe me. I don't know. Motivated him to... Uh, you don't think it was me? Motivated it could be me. It could be Motivated George. He said, George, be motivated. George, yeah. Play hard. <laughs> uh, but it seems like he's going more to goal. Yeah. Uh, I know that in the Cincinnati game, he took the whole team took a bunch of flack for how many crosses we tried sending in against those monsters that they play on the inside. But... Uh, he did more in terms of flick-ons and in terms of cutbacks and creating space than anybody else on the field was doing. He was doing a lot of the damage. I've liked the way he's played all year, and I particularly thought that the last couple of weeks he's been a bright spot, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to get rewarded for it with at least one goal this weekend. <coughs> Joe, what do you got? I got them winning. If they score first, I got them winning 4 nothing. I think they're going to blow up. Woo! I really do. I think that they're going to. They've got to score first. I yeah. think it's been. When was the last time we scored first? Well, or, this week against Pittsburgh. Or Pittsburgh, but at the same time, held on to it. And and and, and this Pittsburgh thing was a bit of an anomaly for me because it was. We talked about this when we were sitting in the back. Nine to one. He had. We had one shot at goal. Yeah. He scored a goal, which is one of the most impressive goals that Lancaster has ever scored. Cameron was great. That was freaking beautiful. Cannot wait to do the review. That turn. Jeez. <laughs> I want to see them score with momentum in their favor. If that happens, mm. I think they'll just blow them out. Which they'll is what happened against Richmond. Yeah. Right, right. So. Exactly. And I just really, if we can score with that kind of momentum and just get the, and then that would be literally just like, you know, loading up and get, and that I think would be the first thing to get this team going into the end of the season. If they don't score first, I see a draw. I see like a 1 1. Okay. But if they score first, and like I said, if they have a bit of momentum behind, I think they're going to blow their doors off. I would love that. I could use a game where I yeah. just felt like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Who do you have one of your goals coming from? I think I think Lancaster. I, it's pretty a pretty homer, safe yeah. guess, yeah. I'm being a homer because I want to see him break the record. We do too. Yeah. But man, Illich, I, I love Illich, and I he wants to talk Illich about a guy that's developed into something that when, I don't know four years ago it was like you know, little, and I hate to say I don't want to talk bad about people. I don't like doing that. But when Illich came on, it was like, oh, here comes Illich. Yeah. As opposed to now, it's like, where's Illich? Right, yeah. You know, and I don't want to say anything bad about him. I don't like saying bad. It's not a bad thing. It's because of other talent like Fondy, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was, was on the team at that time. But well, had- there was a reason if Billy was out there was because Fondy wasn't. Yeah, you know, so I don't want to be well, crappy. And I think that honestly, you can put some of that on Coach O'Connor, who insisted on deploying him as a number nine, as a number uh, nine. Nine. Right. They just kept sending him out there as a striker, yeah. as the third string striker every right, exactly, year. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so he's never getting consistent playing time. And it turns out that his best position is probably that you know number ten, right. the the you know deeper lying striker. Yeah. And I love him in that I spot. I think we need one of our wings to score. It would be nice to see somebody like I'd love to see Oscar. Yeah, Maybe. I would love to see Kyle even that one, because if if they're scoring, mm-hmm. that's telling you that that means that, you, that that's making you that's making the defense open up on this on on the ends a little bit more because everybody clogs the midfield on us right or wrong. I mean, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So if we can get some wing action where we can get somebody on the wing doing something like that, maybe it forces that open up a little bit more. I agree. I'd like to see Luke get on the scoreboard too again. I, yeah, he he had a nice little run when he first got back, mm-hmm. and then you know two or three games now right. where uh, he hasn't gotten to gotten to see the net. So yeah, right. but, uh, be nice. Yeah. Andy, what do you see? Of guys at three nothing. Okay, three nothing. And to Joe's point, I think we get something out of Oscar. All right. If you're if ever there was a time. For Oscar, to do, and we've talked about it a few times mm-hmm. on the show. Every now and then, Oscar gets that look in his eye. He's like, you know what? I'm taking this. Yeah. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I think if ever there was a time for that to happen, I think it's against Penn. Okay. The only way to expand a defense is to make them expand. Yeah. You know, that's and if you can't do it with pure speed, right. then you need to be able to do it with spacing, mm-hmm. and uh, the wings are what can really provide your spacing. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. And I... I think that if we went back and tallied up all of our uh, predictions, that you would see that Oscar was involved in ninety percent of Andy's pr- predictions. And Oscar, <laughs> I love watching him play. I think he's yeah, a great he's player. Great. I mean, yeah, he's got talking about having a motor. You're not Kyle. wrong. Him and Kyle. Both. Well, the fact that Golly. the amount of miles that Kyle and Oscar have put on their body over the last two yeah. years is just ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I love that. Coach Hackworth at least seems to accept that and is putting Sean Francis out there for real minutes to right. give these guys a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just letting them fall back and play fullback, which, you know, take take what you want from that, whether you hate it or love it, at least it's not them having I'm, to run 600 miles every game. I'm okay, right? with, I'm okay with Kyle doing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so okay with Agreed. Oscar doing that. I, I agree with that. It's not his game. I mean, Kyle, I think Kyle's way more pliable. Well, I think that Kyle can legitimately play in any position except maybe pure striker. Yeah, he's a tough kid, too. I think that he can play basically anywhere except probably, I don't think you can put him as a pure striker, but I feel all right with him being out there for anywhere else. All right, so those are our game previews. Let's do our game review. We should make Kenny go back and review every single show. Why's Kenny got to do it? Kenny put you on probation, by the way. For what? Yeah, see, this is what you not knowing about social media. Uh, you made fun of Kenny in the last episode. Out of love. Uh, well, but maybe that uh, maybe that love didn't translate. What? Andy. Yeah, I'm saying. He put you on double permanent uh, probation. I don't know what that means, but it sounds tough. Kenny. I'm a big fan of Kenny's. So I love we. Kenny. Yeah. I will argue Kenny, he's doing a fine job so far. He gave me alcohol. It was something about him being old, about a uh, class reunion being uh, oh, like yeah, 40, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Kenny's yeah. forty-year class reunion. I think it was. I don't remember specifically what you said, but it was something about Kenny being uh, not the twenty-eight-year-old that he truly is. Well, I apologize, Kenny. I, I butter, I butter up, Kenny. I sincerely apologize. 
It was out of love. All right. Kenny's one of the first guys I met when I came over to that other side. He's a great guy. He's, the he, uh, Scouse is the heartbeat of uh, Scouse's house. Kenny's the engine. Kenny's what yeah, keeps yeah, us right. moving, keeps us, uh, keeps us lubed up. So uh, he's the he's the man. Um, game review. Review. Game review. review. Uh, so we're coming off the two two draw, and let's let's shout out to the supporters that went. Yes, first great, and foremost. Great job by all of them. Tremendous. I've been to that stadium. Highmark School. Beautiful, beautiful view of the city. It's wonderful. And, and apparently Pittsburgh, the Steel Army, those guys are really cool to our guys up there. So well, that's great. Shout out to them as well. Uh, I, I've already decided that if we do end up getting a lower seed than Pittsburgh and have to go up to Pittsburgh for a playoff game, that I will be making the trip. So uh, that's that's a thing that will be occurring. But uh, love that we sent the crew up there that we did. That was mm-hmm. uh, like 40-plus people ended up making the trip, and that's that's awesome. That's just great support. And when people are tweeting out, you guys are making too much noise, they're doing a good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they know it's working. They, they took a number of the drums. They took a number of the flags. They did the they did the dang did thing. The so proud of them. Always pleased to be represented like that in away games, especially away games that aren't you know an hour and a half from here. Yeah. So, all right, um, two two draw. You're playing in Pittsburgh. You're playing against Bob Lilly, the defensive guru, the fall back and into place. Give up the ball and don't don't ever possess and hit him on the counter attack, right. Bob Lilly. And we did not fall into that trap at all. No, we didn't. We gave them the ball. This was the most incongruous game that I can think of because we played in a game against a team that wants the other team to have the ball. Yeah. And we are a team that wants to have the ball. Yeah. And yet they had sixty two percent of possession for this game. Yeah. That's us saying no. No, we're not going to do what you want us to do. We know that that's what you want us to do, and it's not going to go well for us. And then we didn't do it. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Speedy and Paolo, yeah. and we specifically said last week that those are the engine, those are what make this team go. They really How we play really depends on what kind of distribution and possession they, those guys have in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And... That was not the case in this game. We no. didn't even try to play through the middle of the field. We said Pittsburgh intentionally wants you to try to play through the middle so they can collapse and get a uh, turnover and then hit you on the break with uh, uh, Nico Brett and Canardo uh, Forbes. And we didn't let them do that. We played through long balls and we played down the sides of the pitch. And it looked funny. And it didn't feel like normal loose city soccer, and it felt awkward for, you know, big chunks of the first half. Yeah. But it also worked really well. This is this will get lost because yes, the last eight minutes of that game were super frustrating, and there's no reason to have enjoyed it. There's none. But, but, we played in a style that we're not comfortable with. We did it against a team that has a style so synonymous with their team. That I mean, it's 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 perfectly. That's how they are. Yeah. And we didn't let them play the way they play, mm-hmm. or you could say they didn't let us play the way we play. But that's not true because it's easy to sit back and make the other team I'm possess. Not sure, there is a way we play right now because we're trying so that's many fair. different things. It's not yeah. it's not O'Connor's team anymore. You know, and I really think that he's trying to shuffle. Um, 
shuffle things up a little bit just to see what, what works. And mm -hmm. I think, I'm going to throw something else I was just thinking out too. You know, Hackworth, from what he just came from with the, with the U18 deal, mm -hmm. he doesn't he can create system. You've got players coming from all over the place doing all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. they come, so maybe he's comfortable with doing that because he's not bringing a bunch of folks that are like, we're doing a 4-4-2. You know what I'm saying? He's, that's not their thing. Yeah. So maybe... Maybe he's brought that sort of mentality. I'm just speculating. Yeah. Maybe he's brought that mentality here with him. I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. We're going to find out. It's just that because we've done, you go back to Toronto, you go back to Charleston, there have been some changes. There have been things you looked at and go, what? You didn't, I mean, you just never saw before. So yeah. you know, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Well, I, I agree with that. I think that a lot of what we're doing right now is throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Sure. Yeah. Because we've tried a lot of different formations. We've tried a lot of different uh, player combinations. We've tried a lot of different attacking methodologies. And some of it has been really effective. Yeah. See the 6 nothing and 3 nothing back-to-back victories. On full-size pitches. On full-size fields. Yeah, I wonder if that's good. And, see, and also see you know, that we've tried things that have worked horribly. Toronto being the most notable example, which yeah. is really the only game of the last of the John Hackworth era where I would look and go, "What the hell just happened?" Every yeah. other game to me makes sense. That game didn't make it didn't make sense. Right. But every other game has at least had like a clear, "Okay, this is what this is what they're trying tonight. This is what we're doing tonight, <clears throat> and it makes sense how it turned out." I don't even think the Toronto game didn't make sense. I think it was just a big game. It, it was, and it did backfire. It did backfire. Right? Yeah, it, it was craps. Yeah, and there was a whole bunch of that going on. Yeah, so bunch of sevens. It, it was. It was not. It was not what <laughs> so you. So many sevens. You're seeing a lot of uh, was, three fours there. Yeah. Um, I think that you're going to see, if you look back at the game, that it was not. Normal loose city soccer, mm -hmm. regardless of what you call normal loose city soccer right now. Right, One right, thing right, you can exactly. feel confident about is that no matter what John Hackworth had done up until this game, we hadn't given the other team possession. Yeah, we hadn't just said we're not going to play through Speedy and Paolo through the middle of the field and let you come at us. And we did it really effectively mm -hmm. for the first eighty-five minutes of that game. We only created two or three real chances and happened to put two of them away. And we also made them take really low percentage shots, made them cross the ball at Paco's head about 650 times. Yeah. They'd got corner after corner that they could do nothing with because our back line played a really strong game. Yeah. And Greg, I thought, had one of the better games of his season where we've been... Greg's been huge the last six weeks. I mean, the, he's come up with some big, yeah, big we, saves the last... Oh. We had some real complaints about his performance mid-season this year. Yeah. And I feel like that he's turned a corner, and I thought that this game in particular, I mean, I know he gives gives up two goals, but one of them is on a own goal that right. there's nothing there you nothing can do about. about right. And the other one's on a PK, exactly. and that's, that's you know, you've got a one in four chance of saving that, which is how that goes. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that in terms of during the game. Did you think that was a penalty? I thought that you, you can get away enough, with that being right? a call. Yeah. I mean, Oscar ran up on the guy's back, yeah. and he did. The guy was smart to fall down. Yeah. Would you rather see people stay on their feet because there's no way that actually knocked him right, over? Right, right. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, the guy was smart. He felt the contact, knew he would get the penalty, and fell down. I mean, every team's seen that 
that same call go yeah. for them and against them only almost fifty percent of the time. And yeah. Oscar and Oscar's got to be a little bit more disciplined than that. You know, you're nursing a one goal lead. You can't. You can't. You can't touch guys in the box. Yeah. Because there's we've already had it happen to us three times this season between Indy and Atlanta and now this game where a penalty late in the game that maybe it should be called, maybe it shouldn't, who cares? They can call it and they yeah. did. And that has cost us, you know, three wins or a draw and two wins. Yeah. And so uh, it is, that is what it is, but you can't do it. So that's discipline, and you can't do it. I guess a couple things that I think from the beginning of the season, and now go back to the very beginning of the year, and I did one of these things. I think Pittsburgh's a team to beat. Yeah. I've been saying since day one, they are the team to beat. Lily is a tremendous coach yeah. who coaches to the ability of his players. He's always been able to do that. Now he's got more talent than he's ever had at Rochester. Yeah. He never had. The, and they're physical. They're big. They're athletic. They're skilled. Um, and I still and now since the caveat being Cincinnati, once they got the MLS thing, they bought a bunch of players that are sure. quality yeah. players. I still think Pittsburgh's a team. Well, I mean, if you, how many points they got? If you the, watch the Cincinnati games they, lately, right. they're getting a lot of goals on individual quality. Yeah. Yeah. You're not seeing a lot of a team like effort. great teams. Yeah. Pittsburgh is the team to beat, and if we could have that kind of performance, my concern is and it is and we were talking about this before. Paolo, up until the change, I thought was having his best season. Mm-hmm. He was really prevalent. He was very obvious, demonstrative. I mean, there was so much going on with him that would, that you hadn't seen before, and that's gone. That's not happening right now. That's a system thing, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. But what? How does and, and just playing devil's advocate? How does that work on somebody's psyche? How does that work on a guy that was a coach until this guy comes along? Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, that's got to have. It's something to ask about. Sure. Because he's such a he's such an important president. He's the captain. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want an unhappy captain. I'm not saying he is. I have no idea. I'm just saying that who he was, who, what he was doing on the field, and his presence on the field versus what's happened over the last three or four games, I think it's it's diminished a little bit. And I think it's a system thing. So, I guess I guess we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I think that it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he gets deployed the rest of the season because like we like I've been saying about trying to see what we're going to be, I think that how Paolo gets used the rest of the year is going to be massively important mm-hmm. to determining what kind of team we're going to have. I'm yeah. a huge Paolo fan. He's half Italian. I'm half Italian. Well, uh, so, you know, there you go. We, we both got like the Godfather. Are you? He's you Sicilian over Paisons. here. So, yeah. Yeah. He he may have a he may have a super German last name, but only on his dad's side. Oh, yeah. So we've got uh, Sicilian over here, and uh, I'm nothing. I'm the least ethnically interesting person on the planet. So I'm just gonna carry yeah, on. Your middle name's Goebel. It is. It is. <laughs> Which is not German. It's not Irish. No, there are a lot of, it's a lot of stuff with me that is nothing of interest. Um, So you're saying that if you sent in a sample to Ancestry.com, it would be a big circle, it would be a big circle of the English, of the English island. Of Great Britain, it would just be like, you're from here, and that'd be it. It's not particularly interesting. You never know. I, you don't. But you have a wonderful singing voice. So. Well, that's very kind of you. We'll get to that in a minute. No, we won't. Yes, we will. <laughs> as, a, as a finale of the game review, I'll say that it was interesting to see us play such a fundamentally different style than what we've played. Yeah. I thought Cam's goal was tremendous. Uh, you said it earlier that, that was it was one of the best, best pieces pure of pure quality. Yeah. You've been doing that all year long. 
It was great to see Alexi get his first pro goal. I'm a huge yeah. fan of him as well. Even like, if three minutes he's later he scored a, a goal kid. off his own God. face. Alexi's such a nice kid. <laughs> he's a tough kid, God. too. I mean, you go back and look at his college stuff. I mean, he was a left wing in college. Mm. But he's not afraid to stick his face no, in stuff. His athleticism is no. I think two. Kid, I think two years from kid. now he's going to be one of the best yeah. uh, center backs in all of uh, whatever league he's playing in because yeah, he's he's a good kid. one. And I loved seeing the goal. Uh, he's got to he's got to learn a little bit more of the intricacies of the game and tighten up some of his passing. But I mean, every other aspect of this game he's got in yeah. spades. So it's it was interesting to see us play different. And is- I hate giving up the late goal. I hate giving up the penalty. I hate giving up the points. But, I mean, for 85 minutes, we were the better yeah. team, and we dictated what they did because we let them have the ball. And we didn't use Paolo in the way we always use Paolo. And that's why I think this is less of a heartbreak. We've had some draws that were just heartbreaks. Yeah. We've had a few draws that were just like, what? what? But this draw is like, it's just not as much of a... a a kick in the teeth. It's not as other draws because we did play so well. Mm-hmm. Try something new. It worked, mm-hmm. and we got the we lost two point two goals because of random, like you said, brain farts. Yeah. Anybody else have anything else they need to say about the game review? I think that reviews the Go game. The, I hope we play them in the playoffs up there because they have dollar beers before the games. Now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest here. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if Pittsburgh got randomly knocked out by somebody like Red Bulls in the first round, just to just weird. to avoid them. To help yeah. us out, that would be great. Yeah. But you know what? I'm, as a fan of the game, I like seeing a team like that come together this year. Yeah, it makes the league better. It does. Yeah. Having yeah. a team that was always an afterthought. I, I hope that I hope they fold before yeah. the, you know, so we can win the league. But you know, at the same time. Man, they, what they who they were last year, <laughs> and yeah. who they are this year. Yeah, you know, Bob Lilly's a hell Bob of a coach. Whether you like that style of soccer coach. or not, he's a hell of a coach. And they're even less of that than they've been in the past too. They've got more talent up front than he's ever had. Agreed. He had Dos Santos in, in he had Dos Santos in, in Rochester, and I and I don't know cheerleader or something because they that was it. That was that was their offense. Yeah. You know, hopefully he'd get the ball, and, but now I'm I'm a fan. There's no reason not to be. I mean, yeah. if you and. I wouldn't want to just watch their games, game after game after game, because right. it gets a little exhausting sure. winning yeah. one to nothing and tying zero zero and tying one one. Yeah. But in terms of results, if that's what you care about, and if you're a soccer purist of discipline. just pure discipline and tactical soundness, yeah, they're they're as good as it gets, and he's as good as it gets. All right, let's have some purple stuff. Yeah. I love guys, it. guys, love it. All right, uh, cheers. Gentlemen. Everybody have a little sippity sip. Mm. There's a lot of alcohol here. It's uh, <laughs> not in the purple stuff. No. The purple stuff is, of course, non-alcoholic. Oh, okay. It's I'm tea. sorry. Purple I'm stuff sorry. is I'm tea. Sorry. We, yeah, no, it's, it's one of the great mysteries of this show, what the purple stuff is, Joe. Oh, okay. We never okay. allude to the idea that it might have any sort of mind-altering properties. <laughs> or no. No, we no, certainly no, no, don't no. drink it throughout the entirety no, of the show. No, this is a family show. You yes, have a, a family show. We have a sip of purple stuff Pass the during down. the purple stuff section and that's it that's it so um my purple stuff's a little fizzy tonight which i like it's a little change of pace for me a little fizzy um we got a couple of pieces of news uh the first is a player signing and we brought on jonathan lewis this is our most recent player signing and he's on loan Mm -hmm. for the rest of the season which really means for the rest of the regular season because he won't be available for the playoffs uh 
on loan from New York City FC. He is a really quality offensive player. Uh, my understanding is that he is legit and will probably push for playing time right from the beginning. That okay. This is a guy who uh, <clears throat> can play out on the wings, can play as a striker, and can play in the number 10 spot. That he can play sort of all the way across the front. He's a goal scorer. He had uh, some success in the Chicago Fires Development League. He had some success uh, with NYFC while he was playing. He's 21 years old. He's athletic. He's not a giant body. Uh, he's more of a skill guy and a bit of a speed guy. And so uh, we can expect to see him deployed. Uh, I don't have. I haven't watched film on the guy. I haven't, you know, deep dived into the stats. I've just read a couple of player profiles of him. So disappointed in your research. Hey man, you know it's almost like I've got a full time job. But yeah. Uh, um, so I haven't done a full dive on the guy yet, but I do know that all the player profiles I've read about him have suggested that this is a guy who is legit and that will be a player at the top of American so- at the top flight of American soccer. He's 21 and is already getting real playing time. They've loaned him out because he's second on the depth chart at their position and they want him to get some more run with a good team and he'll get some run with us. So I expect him to be playing. I expect to see him out on the field. Uh, maybe not, you know, I don't expect to see a lot of starts from him, but you might see a spot start out of the last six, and you might see 10, 15 minutes a game from him. It's hard to see him at the 10, right? I mean, I mean, I, to start him at the 10 would be weird. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, Cam, I mean, you know, right? I, well, well, at the 9. I the mean, nine, cause, nine. yeah, okay, Cam, sorry, sorry. Cam is going to be our starter unless Cam is right, not healthy, saying, and right? Luke is going to be our uh, finisher unless right. he's not so healthy. So does that impact my app? I think it'll. I think it might affect Ilya's minutes. I think it might impact uh, Niles' minutes, and I think it might impact Ballard's minutes. Say it's a four-two-three-one. Yeah, I'm. Then I'm seeing that you know if you play Nile, uh, Ilya, and uh, George across the three, three right. with Cam at the one, Cam at the one then yeah. I'm saying that any of those that Nile and Ilya would be the most likely right, to lose right, minutes. Right, 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 right. Uh, with George pretty well entrenched and mostly playing 90 lately, uh, I imagine George stays in his in his role. So that means that you're going to see Ballard get less sub opportunities probably, mm-hmm. and that you might see Ilya get subbed off earlier than usual or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. That's a pure guess. Uh, I don't have, I mean, I haven't talked to anybody, but that's, it, it'd be strange to see him play in place of either Cam or uh Luke. Seeing the strength defensively in the last two games, that Cincinnati goal was a fluke. Yeah. yeah. I don't see them bouncing off a four on the back ever anytime soon. No, that's where they're going to so keep playing that. Saying. Yeah. I just I <clears throat> So if you're going to continue with a 4-2-3-1, then like I say, I think that you'll see him play in the place of... He might come on for Ilya, might start in place of Ilya, and Ilya gets the you know substitution. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> that's, like I say, pure guess. He might start over Cam on Wednesday, and I was wrong the whole time, and this guy's, you know, a superstar, and, you know, Cam never plays again. That seems unlikely, though. He's chasing that golden boot. Yeah. Four goals, so, six games left. He's... That's, that's going to be the third piece of purple stuff. We'll get there in just a second. Second piece of purple stuff. I'm sorry, I jumped the gun. You're all right, man. It's exciting. Purple, purple stuff. Don't ever apologize to us. Okay. Yeah, no, you don't never owe us anything, Joe. The second piece, <laughs> the second piece of purple stuff is our second player signing, and this is an actual signing. This guy is under contract with us for the rest of the season. Former University of Kentucky product Napo Meloso. And our Matoso, I'm sorry. And I hope I'm pronouncing both of those names correctly. It could be Napo, it could be Napo, it could be Matoso, it could be Matoso. 
if I'm wrong on a first A, Matt, I will so. I will wait until I have heard Lance of pronounce it officially for me so that I feel UK confident. UK fans probably know. They, they probably do. That's my wife. Uh, you know, was she a big UK soccer fan while she, she was? She might there? have been. She might have been. We'll check in with her. She liked me. everything UK. So. That's true, but my wife might be a. <laughs> A wealth of UK soccer. Um, She might be. We just don't know. We're going to find out. Um, But he, my understanding, is more of a true midfielder and wing. You're more likely to see him play in the same types of positions that they've been deploying Carranza and maybe really Paolo uh, and possibly Speedy. But my guess is that, uh, that this gentleman may not see as much actual time this year this is again pure speculation that uh you don't want to mess with the chemistry that is speedy and paolo no but if they decide you know in a when we're up for nothing this week with 30 minutes to go then uh then that's a good time to get both paolo and speedy some rest and maybe you see him i'm wondering if they might not be playing him and carranza together a lot in practice Uh, letting them get used to each other and then talking about, you know, whether or not we want these guys to play for us next year. year, That that might be more a part of the plan here. I don't know. Again, speculation. But that would, I'd love to see that. That if they're playing, you know, basically 11 aside at this point against one another and being able to say Carranza and Matoso play together in the middle against Speedy and Paolo, that'd be great training for both of them. Yeah. And uh, it definitely would give them a leg up, say, you know, God forbid, one of the our guys goes down with an injury. I mean, I would still expect Kyle to slide into that spot and then you move, you know, Pat back into the starting lineup or Tosh back into the starting lineup, that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it's uh, it's nice to have options, and the more these, the more play these guys get in practice, the better we are served for what we're going to look like next year, and we'll, we'll discuss that a bit in banter. Well, the, all the UK fans that are on Twitter seem to be totally psyched about this. Yeah, he was one of their I mean, true All-Americans. Right, and yeah. so he's, you know, I think he was a Super Draft guy too. Right? He was. Both of these players were both in the Super Draft, and uh, it's, really it's nice to have somebody fairly local. You know, when you get guys like yeah. Ballard and him coming in, it's, that's, that kind of makes, you know, it gives a little more atmosphere. It gives a little more of a local flavor to it. That's really Sure. Nice. And I wouldn't mind, you know, if we started bringing in more UK fans and creating a bit more of a Kentucky presence. Yep. Uh, not UK presence, but just the state of Kentucky presence and not having, I mean, I know we're Louisville City Football Club, but this is the only professional franchise in the state. Let's, you know, make the state care. And the more UK guys you can bring in, even if it only brings, you know, 50 guys from UK to a game, hell, that's 50 guys more that that weren't coming before and they're going to tell 20 of their friends, so... Pretty sure, we're not, pretty sure we're never going to see an FC Frankfurt. Right, it seems so, unlikely. Now, you might see a Division three team in Lexington yeah. or right, something right, like right. that, but uh, chances are just as good that it'll be the farm team for Cincinnati. So right, right. we'll see. Uh, but two great signings. I love bringing in the guys, and we'll really dive deep into what that might mean here in banter in a couple of minutes. But mm-hmm. uh, before we get to that, uh, we've got our third piece of uh, news is the player of the week stuff. Paco made the team of the week Deserved for his league. great Absolutely. clearance off Ooh. of the line and for his two assists and just yeah. I don't I don't know how many aerial duels he won but if it wasn't eight I'd be shocked. Uh, Paco played a great game well deserved. And then uh, up for goal of the week for his goal okay. is our man Cam Lancaster. 
Surprise, surprise. I know. We've made it a sort of a running gag that Cam Lancaster is always in purple stuff at this point because yeah. 19 goals, man. Yeah, and it wasn't flashy, but the technical aspect of what he did is just so It was insane to watch. How he did it. It was insane to watch. I'd rather see that any day of the week before some stupid bicycle kick. Which one out of ten times... But Ilya's was awesome. Yeah, Ilya's was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd rather see players doing that and showing the level of confidence that he shows sure. to, do, and to do that, as opposed to some clown just jumping in the middle of the air. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll go in. Yeah, let's know, see just, what happens if I throw my foot at you know, this. I want to get yeah. on the highlight reel. Or, right. You know, and, nine, and, and then three times out of four, they could have chested the damn ball. Down. And separate their shoulder. Right. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, I loved this goal. I thought, you know, he had three, he was bracketed by three defenders. There was nobody up there in support of him. He pulled it down on his own, turned, and fired a strike. I mean, it wasn't like a rocket launch into the corner, but it was so well placed. He had perfect awareness of where he was on the field and excellent technique at all three phases, the trap, the turn, and the shot. Cam, well-deserved 19th goal of the season. He's got three more to catch Matt Fondy over the final six games, so he's got to score one every other game to be able to catch Fondy for Ty on the all-time list and four to break it. I would love if that happened. Oh, man. But uh, I'm still not counting any chickens. That's a lot of goals, and it's hard to do. Think of all of the strikers in this league who don't have four goals all year, and there are a number of them. So... Congrats to Cam and to Paco for Team of the Week and Cam up for Goal of the Week. Get out and vote if you haven't yet because uh, I imagine that there are little bonuses tied to that for the players and mm-hmm. that there are, you know, uh, contractual, you know, uh, riders that kick in right. for certain numbers of stuff. And for no other reason, just make them feel good. Right? Yeah, and even if it has nothing to do with their, earned, their money. That he's earned the respect of everybody. I mean, four years he's been out of and just finally see him explode like this. Yeah. This is what who this is who he was this is what we expected year one. Yeah. Nobody expected yeah. Matt Fondy to be that guy. Cam was signed to be that guy yeah. year one. So And then they signed him. Chandler Hoffman to be at the second year, right. and then they brought in Luke to be at the third year, and now finally this finally year Cam is showing out. Awesome. It's awesome to see. It is. Uh let's get to our interview, man. Oh wait, no no no. I have one other thing. Oh, I wanted to, I'm sorry. This is important to me. <laughs> Come on. I want to encourage. I want to encourage everybody to listen to Los Morados, uh, yes. the the Spanish yes. language podcast. Por favor. Uh, Jorge and Martin are doing a great job with it. I do not speak enough Spanish to be able to pretend. How much like, Spanish do you speak? Uh, exceedingly little. I can read it a little bit because of uh, four years of Latin. And so I can read it a bit, but I mean, if I hear stuff, I'm most, and when I say I can read it, I mean like, I can say, there's something about a tree and green in that sentence. I don't know if it's that the tree was green or the tree, you know, had green leaves or the tree will be green next year. I don't know, but it says tree and green. That's what I can do. My mom is Spanish. Okay. So you, you are, you are a smorgasbord. I am fluent in understanding it. Okay. But something happens from the brain to the mouth. Can't do it. Just doesn't work. I actually know somebody who's that way with French. So that's there's actually there's actually a whole area of your brain that is devoted to turning your your thought into actual speech. Well, that considering and vice versa. All the damage I did to it in high school. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's probably what happened. Well. <laughs> uh, but so really, go out and listen to uh, Martin and Jorge doing uh, Los Morados. If uh, you can't find the link anywhere, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, it is 
on Los Morados on Twitter. What you can cool find name. him from there. That's the Purples. <laughs> The purples. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, but it, it sounds cooler than just saying the purple. Well, right? yeah, because it's Spanish and that sounds cooler. Sounds Every time tough. I hear that, I, I picture like a purple-dressed Clint Eastwood. Okay. And somebody say, yeah. Los Morados. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds cool. I mean... Uh, uh, I've talked to Martina a little bit about it, and uh, it sounds to me like they've got some really great ideas for what they want to do with mm-hmm. the show. And uh, they're excited about it. And I say reach out to as much of the fan base as you possibly yeah. can. Expand the fan base. And having a Spanish-language podcast is awesome. awesome. We're hopeful. Uh, I've been talking to Martin about having him on our podcast here in the near future. And uh, we're looking forward to having him on to be able to discuss this stuff. He's a great guy and a great fan. Jorge so. is an amazing capo, too. He is an amazing See, and I barely know Jorge, and I feel bad about that. He is that. a tremendous guy. I've gotten to know him over the last few years. He is just, he is just, he's insane. Okay. He brings so much <laughs> To this. Well, He's I'm gonna I'm gonna get Rosetta Stone, and you're gonna, gonna learn, learn Spanish between Spanish now and then. Between now and then, and impress the hell out of me. <laughs> It'll impress the hell out of me too, because I know you, and you don't speak Spanish. I speak enough to. No, you don't speak fine. enough to anything. Um, all right, so but go out and listen to their podcast, and also uh, it's particularly notable because uh, this Saturday is uh, Latin Night or uh, Noche Latino at uh, the Slugger Field, and uh, so that's awesome. I think that this is and um, this makes me a horrible human being, but I don't know if it's Hispanic Heritage Month now or if it's about to start, but I believe that this is in celebration uh, I think of it's that. Now. Okay, and uh, but seriously, everybody. Uh, the the Latin culture in soccer is second to none. Yep. Oh, man. And uh, being able to bring as many of the people in the Louisville area who are of that uh, persuasion to the games is hugely important, both to the success of the team and also just to the vibe in the stadium. Uh, these are great fans that uh, we need to we need to make sure feel welcome. It's and a celebration to, to, to the fans like that. Agreed. Well, once again, I, I, my family lives over in Spain and it's a whole, the mentality is, it's it's more celebratory. I mean, obviously the competition matters. Sure. But there's just a fun aspect to it yeah. that they bring to it. In and their way, that, you know, Germans bring their thing. And, yeah. Sure. You know, French bring theirs. It's just, they bring a certain, the way they do it, it's just amazing. I don't think that there's a better or worse culture for soccer fanhood, but right, the, right. but the Latin soccer culture is its own yes. unique thing, exactly. and yeah. having exactly. that be a part of the Lucidity experience is nothing but valuable. Right, right. And uh, because, frankly, generally speaking, this podcast is three white guys sitting around a uh, microphone talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and not always, but generally, that's what we're doing. And seventy-five uh, percent of the time, I would and say. that's 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 regrettable to me. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna do we're gonna endeavor to do a better job. Of that, Martin, please come on our show. Seriously, <laughs> well, no. please come on our show. And, and frankly, diversity of the fanhood is enormously important. Yes. And I think that uh, whether you're talking about women or you're talking about uh, ethnic minorities or you're talking about uh, just being able to reach uh, older audience or a younger audience, yeah. I don't care. Frankly, the more people who don't look like Andy and I who are at games, yeah. the better off we're going to be for this franchise. I think we yeah. use about five thousand more people that look like me, though. I think that we could yeah, use. I think that the world large. could I'm use like ten million I'm more people that look like handsome. you. Handsome, I know this. It, it, it's just, it just makes me feel better about myself to have you there. There's a very large Hispanic population in Louisville, and there so is. anything, anything we can do to reach as many people as possible. It's a okay with me. Yep. Agreed. All right, now let's get into our interview. Okay. We got it. We got it. Here's the thing. Speaking of handsome, seriously, <laughs> the, uh, the Louisville City community 
if you are one of the diehards, you know who Joe is. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're a person who listens to this podcast, chances are you listen to Barrel Proof. And so you've heard Joe talk about soccer and you've heard him talk about the Groove Machine and that's all great. I wanted, instead of uh, having Joe talk about stuff, well, we wanted to find out a little bit more of what there is to know about Joe tonight. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to put him on the spot, ask him some very personal questions. Okay. Like, uh, what kind of underwear are you wearing right now? I'm wearing something black, and they feel comfortable. Okay. There something black, which tells so me this black. is... Uh, something silky and... Okay. Oh. Now we're talking. Sure. I like that he got dressed up for us. <laughs> Maybe even a little bit naughty. I like that he got... I like that he did that for us. That's true. That's fair. That is absolutely fair. If we fair. didn't want the truth, why did we ask for exactly. it? Uh, Joe, you, yes. you're you the, I don't know what your official title with the Groove Machine is. Are you the president? I or am are you the, the percussive imperial master poobah. Okay, well that's that's or, that's or, a lot to or, put on a business card. Or the pimp. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I see what you did no. there. Joe, come on! <laughs> so Joe is the, uh, the Groove Machine pimp. Um, oh. <laughs> Were you? Here's my question: How long did it take you all? Did you put that title together and then figure out that it was pimp, or did you say to yourself, "I'm going to be the pimp"? <laughs> what words match to be? Pimp? Somebody asked me, and somebody asked me on the Cooper's podcast, going back, and they were like, what, "What's your job?" And I didn't know what it was, and then I remembered a Fred Flintstones uh, uh, thing where they had a poobah. Yeah, and sure. I was like, he had this stupid thing, and I was like... I of his lodge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I was like, he was the grand poop. I was a like, grand pimp. I want to be a pimp, and I just worked. I worked the title out, and... Percussive Imperial, Imperial Master, Master Poobah. I like it. All right, so you are the pimp of the uh, yes. of the Groove Machine. What, uh, what did that require from you from the beginning? Were you one of the original members of Groove Machine? Did you help put it together, or were you just sort of... Hey, this is awesome, and I'm a drummer. I'm going to get involved. And then they were like, we got to put Joe in charge. The second game, um, we went to the first game. We all sat together, and we didn't really know each other. That was the St. Louis game. And the second game, I remember seeing Tim Clark, who used to be, he's still, uh, I think he's the treasurer of the Coopers now. He brought down, he was carrying this barrel drum down, right? And, and there was two of them, and they put one on each side. And the first half of the game, um, a couple people were trying to play it, and they couldn't. And they were trying, though, so they, mm-hmm. you give them the yeah. Now, yeah. my background is, um, I've been a musician since, I've been playing gigs since I was 13. Um, I was a percussion instructor, high school band, drum corps. So you've, uh, you've seen a drum before. 35 years of, yeah. Of, I, I just, I got out of it a couple of years ago, but I've judged world championships a couple times. You have some experience. Yeah, a little bit of experience. <laughs> and a lot of pageantry stuff. So I've done a lot of writing for this kind of thing where you want people to cheer or you want people to get into it. So I was like, I went down this... Second half of the first game, I was like, it was a night game. I was like, you know, guys, mind if I drum? They're like, yeah. So I started drawing and just came up with a couple things, came up with a cadence eventually. Then one by one, um, uh, people started to join her. Rebecca came in. Uh, she was like the second person. And then I got a couple snare drummers. And then I was like, you know what? We have something going here. And we need to do something to help drive stuff hmm. in this section. We want to have something. And I'm all about, you have to have a unique identity. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being everybody else, one of, one of my biggest issues with American soccer, and I don't want to go off on a tangent, is that everybody is the same as everybody else. Yeah. You know, all these new teams in MLS, there's no difference between Cincinnati, Minnesota, Atlanta. They're all the same. I mean, some draw better. Some have better right. teams. Right. But when you start talking about who they are, what, what helps them stand out? Yeah, so they're all the same teams, right? As a, you know, so I said, look, let's let me try and come up with something that has a little bit of its own personality, its own identity, and let's see where it goes. So I came up with the name Groove Machine, 
And then I was like, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you can play. If you can't play, come on down. Buy a drum, grab a drum. All of a sudden, we had like 12 people. You know, and then our, the, the first playoff game, we had 9, 10 people playing drums on a march. For a Division three team, because we were a Division yeah. three at the, team, at the time, to have that is... The Division one teams wish they had that. Sure. You know, yeah. and... Uh, it just blossomed from there. Just they're, they're, they're such great people, and they're so dedicated. And I owe them so much because they allow me to have a good time at these games, and, and they allow me to, like, bark at them and, you know, and tell them to do stuff, and they, they do it. But they're, they're, they're always volunteers. It's not just they play at these games. I'm telling you something. These, we had a lot of 95-degree games this year. Yeah. You go ahead, carry a drum in 95-degree weather, and then play for two hours and see how you yeah. feel at the end of that. It ain't easy. Well, it's, you know. That's one of the things that uh, I've... I, I've gotten to see you come and play over on Scouse's house a couple of times, yeah. which is great. But mostly when I get to see you guys play, it's uh, at the away games. Because, uh, you know, Scouse's house is on the opposite end of the pitch. and But we get to hear every bit of it, which is great. Uh, I said last week on the pod, I had no idea. That, I mean, I reached out to you this morning. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I knew you were coming on the pod. So I can't even say that I was sucking up here. But I said <laughs> last week on the mm-hmm. podcast that there are only three truly unassailable things that Lou City has that I refuse to let people make fun of on Twitter. They cannot make fun of Brad Estes' blazer. No. <laughs> they cannot they cannot make fun of Lance McGarvey. No. And they cannot make fun of Groove Machine. No. And those are the three things that to me are what set Louisville City apart from all of the rest of everything else because they're all better than whatever else anybody else is doing. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I've been trying to push something original for us. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, I'm always trying to try new cheers, new chants, new cadences. Sometimes they catch, sometimes they don't. Yeah. If they don't, no big deal. I mean, I, I, I've been playing music for a living my whole life. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make everybody happy. I, mean, I, I, right. I, I used to play for a living, and I had bouncers heckle me. Sure. When you need the uh-huh. food, yeah, when, you, when you need to eat to play that gig, you learn real quick to have things. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> What's the so, ratio of, of bass drum to snare drum? Right now we have about, at a regular game, we usually have about five bass drums, and we may have like three snares. Okay. Uh, roughly, I mean, it really depends on who shows up, because there's no requirements. I mean, well, I mean, and that's what I was. That was the next question I wanted to ask, and so I'm glad you went there. Is let's say that we've got eight people who are listening to this podcast right now who are saying, "I love the Groove Machine. I love hearing the drums at the games. I played drums in high school for a crappy band, or I was in jazz band, or whatever, and I can still, you know, I can keep rhythm okay." I want to be in Groove Machine next year. How do I get to be involved with the group? There's really four requirements. The first requirement is because we, we're, we're stationed in the Cooper section. We're all members of the Coopers. Sure. You're right. It's it's not fair to sit there and, you know, you, we get a lot of And not be part time, of the group. Right. You know, we get a lot of pictures taken, and and the guys are, the guys are very humble about it, too. They're not, you know, because I told them. I'll get to that in a second. But the, the um, you have to be a member of the Coopers if you want to play the second thing is, is that if you're looking, if you think that this is about like hardcore marching, drum corps stuff, very heavy rudimental, it's not. We have a motto: it's we help the supporters support the team. Right. Everything we do is to help the supporters support the team. No drum to solos. Drive cheers. Right. Yeah. It's not about because the second you start playing and people start focusing on you, you've lost the point. That's the problem. They're not yeah. watching the game. Yeah, you've so lost you know, the point. So we've had a couple guys. Sadly, we've had a couple guys who are pretty good players. That want to come down, they want to play licks, and they want to like they want to start tearing into stuff, and it's like, no, that's not what bang, we're doing. Bang, 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 yeah. bang, bang, bang. That's what we do. All right, now let's say that instead of eight people who wanted to come and join the Groove Machine, mm-hmm. we're talking about Scouse's House now. You're right. on the Scouse's House podcast. Right. We have two drums 
on our side of the field. One of yeah. them is a very cool drum that we that was designed and made for the Scouts' house, and it's awesome. We're proud of Scouts for getting it. Right. It is generally played by either a four-year-old, right? Yeah, who frankly has the best rhythm of all the people on the list. True. Right, right. A David O'Connell. David O'Connell. Nikki does a great save, job. The son oh, of and David he wants O'Connell. to play the whole game. He right. played for the mayor last year, or last week, and the mayor was like, that kid is really good. And he right. is. He's really not bad. Uh, so Nikki O'Connell. Yeah. Or it's played by uh, Scouse's son, Hayden. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Or it's played right. by Scouse himself. Right. Or our vice president, Kevin Wassenow. Yeah. And none of those people are legitimate drummers. Right. Let's say... That next year, Scouse's House wants to have a little bit better of a drum presence. Mm-hmm. If people wanted to drum on Scouse's end, if they came to some of the practices and the pre-games and the off-season uh, workouts that you guys, I know, put them through, right. uh, would you be willing to train some people up for the Scouse's House? Then? Absolutely. And the thing right. is, is that... The know, gauntlet is down, Scouse's House. Last year, you know, I, went to, I came out last year and I played it you know, a little bit in mm-hmm. the first half. And what I, I noticed two things. <clears throat> The folks over there in that, in that general area were looking for a little bit more. I remember I talked to Mike about this at, at nauseum. They were looking for a little bit more of a, a more of a traditional mm-hmm. yes. vibe, and 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 I want to say more of a European thing. Yes, yeah. A lot of most of the European thing, you don't have a ton of drumming going on. There. Right. The second thing was is that 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 awning over your heads mm-hmm. just makes everything so it's I, loud. I, I, it's, it, so loud. Yes. Yeah. So you don't want multiple drummers down there. No. Until until the new stadium. Woo. Which you know now you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But it's just so loud down there. But if anybody look uh, next year, I've already said that I'm I'm definitely interested in. in uh, now that we've worked out some some you know some things as far as people, I'm sadly I've had some health issues this year. Yes. Yeah. So you know, we're all really thrilled that you've been back at the I'm, games. I'm glad to be alive. <laughs> and and to have, uh, we're okay with that. Yeah, me too. We're just mostly Trust glad me, you're too. back at the games. Yeah. I, I am too. And, uh, but you know, I, I want to give a huge shout out on this to Patrick Arkenberg. Patrick is the Pat snare is drummer. The, Pat is awesome. And he really uh, under you know under duress. And Rebecca too. She's she they've stepped up and they've both taken leadership roles in the sense of playing at these games when I wasn't available. So I'm hoping next year, and it's up to, and I've always told Mike and everybody over there, you guys dictate if you want us to help. I would more, I would love to come over now. Sure. And if and if it's not, then that's okay too. I mean, I, I like I said, I've, I've had a ton of interaction with the folks over there. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Kevin, great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 Ken. Yeah. I mean, all these guys that we've had, wonderful people. I know some of the folks in the black sheep hang out there too, right? I mean, do they? I mean, yes, we get uh, we got some black some sheep. Them, yeah. We've got I mean, some scouts house people. Right. We've got some. Frankly, we've got some uh, team family members right, who spend right. time there. It's nice having the covered area, so we've got some of uh, the the people who don't necessarily want to be out in the elements who hang out in our area. I would be. So. I'll do anything to help out because I mean, if it's and and when I say help out, I don't mean dictate. I mean just to be just able to if, train. If they want, if they want to do give something, direction. You know, and then you know if they want to come up with their own stuff, come up with your own stuff. I'll help you do that too, whatever or, or not, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, we've talked the last couple of weeks about how, uh, yes, generally speaking, we have two to three go-to chants that our section does. Right. We're a much more heckling inclined right. 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 Exactly. crowd exactly. than we are a uh, than a singing crowd. Yeah. But uh, the one thing that we loved a couple of weeks ago when Kevin was healthy and his shoulder wasn't busted up and he right. was willing to do it 
was he did provide just some nice ambient drumming for us throughout oh, the yeah. game of just being able to yeah. keep sort of a war drum going really throughout. nice, ominous, like... Yeah, like, hey, we're coming to get you. And that was delightful. And being able to have a couple of our people trained to do that sort of thing, right. or when we hear one of the ones that we love when you guys are doing right. them, to be able to join right. in right. instead of just having to sing across the pitch, and, that sort of thing would be great. And I guess two things. Number one, I, if somebody wants to learn... I'm, I would be, look, I'm all about... I know about, Hayden went to practice with you guys Hayden, last year, you know, which was great. I'm um, I'm more than happy to see where we can interchange. We tried to do this last year. Mm-hmm. Where we interchange players and come down and like, uh, you know, if like Patrick or, or Matt Owen, I know who's gone over there a couple times too, if they want to come down and play for half at a game, and then whoever in that section yeah. wants to learn and then come play with us. Yeah, that'd be great. You well, know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't have to be... I, I told Michael this... I've told the guys that run the Cooper. I've told the guys that do the Heretics thing. I've said it on the radio thing. Whatever there is that we can do, not just from a drumming perspective, but from a cultural perspective, from a fundraising perspective, yeah. whatever we could do to put dashes in between those lines, between support. Not that there's a problem. There's no sure. problem. But whatever we could do to put dashes in those lines so yeah. we can intermix more, yeah. I'm all about helping yeah. to, to well, facilitate. I mean, I would love to do that. That's a real key that Andy was talking about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about supporters groups in general, was just the idea that we're supporters groups. Yeah. That this is teams, this is a bunch of people that are all supporting the same thing. And yeah, we all have chosen to support in some slightly different ways or from some slightly different place. Yeah. But that in the end, if it's not about the group that you're supporting, then what the hell are you doing? And the drums are perhaps, and I I think legitimately, the most obvious and effusive way that our team is supported. Honestly, I feel like I very rarely feel more connected, like the two supporters groups connected. Than when we do my old Kentucky home, right. yeah. Because when 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 you when Evan when you and David and I look across that field and we see the Coopers holding their scarves right. up too, right. exactly. And even if we're not like completely in sync, right. it's Thomas still always knowing, two seconds off. It doesn't matter, and it doesn't. It's still <laughs> knowing that they're doing that too. Let me let me. You know, Mike talked about. We tried this for, and I know they tried so hard to sync up some things to go on with one group and the other. And I told them, now this is going back to my experience teaching field bands and teaching drum board. Sound takes time to travel. Yes. Okay? And when you're talking about 100 and roughly about 150 yards, Mm -hmm. that is a long, long time for sound to travel. You're talking a couple of seconds. So to try and sync up cheers and to do that with some centrally located thing in that environment, I've never seen anybody do it. I've never, you know, it's, you know, so. That's what I said, Mike. But when we get in that stadium where everything is closer, mm-hmm. everybody's face is right in there, and we're angled the right direction, and yeah, exactly and being in held mind, in. Baseball stadiums are not made for acoustics. No, Matter of fact, they're made for they're, they're made for everything that has nothing to do with acoustics. Open fields, yeah, lighting, lower, the angle of the uh, of the stands. Um, you want you know these these stadiums that they build now are built for acoustic intensity. You look yeah, at Orlando, yeah. what they did. Atlanta. Look what Washington just did with their stadium. Washington yeah. has a new stadium. The freaking things you might as well. I mean, you need a rope ladder to climb. Yeah, agreed. But they did it to keep the sound in. And when when we do because the sound thing here, that's environment, right? And that's it'll be ten times easier to be able to coordinate stuff when we do that. So um, I mean, but like I said with the drum thing, anything. If 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 there's people that want to do the drums thing over on the other side, I'll be more than happy to come over and play. They can come over on our side. And whatever intermixes, whatever intermixes what we're doing from a champ perspective is great. But what you were saying before, cultural people are going to choose what what they want to do, hopefully based on culture. Mm-hmm. 
the, the, the Scouse's House thing to me, when Mike was putting it together, it was like, dude, it's a European sort of feel. Go for that. Even when they did the darts tournament the first mm-hmm. time, he was like, what should we do first? And he'll take, I mean, I'm not taking any thunder. It's like, dude, it's a European thing. Have a darts tournament. Yeah. You know, and, and it should be, if, if you want to come over and, and just, you know, you know hear drums for 90 minutes or whatever, then you come do the other thing. Sure. Because it's, it's much more organized in that perspective. And I'm hoping, I swear, I'm hoping that a third thing pops up. I am too. Towards, you know, whatever whatever fan section is uh, it sits in the in the center. Or I'm hoping a whole new supporter group starts up. I agree. You know, and then, yeah. and then you know, then we can really start talking. I hope about we get to the point where we're fighting for seats. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm hoping for. Where it's like our section, we don't. Our section is no longer big enough to hold all of us, and right. we're spilling over into your section. And no, that's our section. That's when you know you've got it good. Is yeah. when you know you can't contain your supporters groups. Right. I got a couple more questions shoot, for shoot, you. Now you don't again. No, you need to you quit apologizing. You're doing great. That's my yeah. thing. Um, I just feel bad sometimes. No. Uh, first. How did you get into soccer in the first place? You're a band guy. You're from New Jersey originally. Uh, how? What? When? Where did soccer play in all this? I grew up in a town called Kearney, New Jersey. Kearney, mm-hmm. its nickname is Soccer Town USA. Well, okay, it's, well that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> the game, literally. I mean, if you go back, if you look at encyclopedias, and it's so funny because the first area around World War One where it became very, very popular, um, a lot of folks that came over from England. And they were doing shipbuilding. Carney was a is is, is a, a portion of it is on the river. Port Town. Okay. And it's um, and they would build ships. They would yeah. build, and then went into World War Two as well. There was a section called Cooper's Block. Nice. And um, nice. This is, this is real. Most of the folks are from Scotland. A lot of English folks, and that's where a lot of organized players. The game is just as prominent. It, soccer and Carney, going back when I was a kid, and now it is it is the same as college basketball here in Louisville. It's, it's the same part thing. of the fabric. It's just part of the fabric of the town. That you know, I can't tell you how many state champions they've had in soccer, um, national champions going back to the '30s in, in in club soccer. Some of the if you go if you're a soccer historian, I try really. You know, I, I I I like some of the history stuff. Guys like Archie Stark, guys that were um, national players back in the day, mm-hmm. grew up in Car- or didn't grow up, but they lived in Carney. All the players that came over from Europe. That's where you went. That was the uh, sort of the hub. Right, the hub of the games. Guys that played for Bethlehem Steel. Okay. Bethlehem Steel, as a club name, you go back and look at their, their history. Yeah. Bethlehem All Steel history. is the first predominant club team in the United States. That's cool. Stark played on that team, a couple, a couple other guys from Carney. And then you go back into, um, uh, I, I love bragging on my town when it comes to soccer. Uh, I don't blame yeah. you, yeah. Uh, but you go back a couple of World Cups, uh, Harks, <laughs> Miola. And uh, uh, and Tab Ramos, they were all from Carney. They all lived. You know, That's so three nuts. Of the, three of the starters on the national team for two World Cups were from the from the from the hometown. So um, there's such a passion for the game there, and it's still there. It's still prevalent. Uh, but that's where it comes from. I mean, I was never a very good player. So you're going to, like, uh, club games? You're going to high school games? High school looking? games, clubs. There was a couple of clubs. It was Thistle. Thistle FC was a, was a local, like, you know, academy. All right, academy yeah. Things. Um, plus, you had the Cosmos when they popped up in the 70s. So that's when, you know, a ton of people from Carnegie used to sure. over there. Um, uh, it, it's just, and, and then with the... Later on, I mean, they, they, I don't want to dog them the less, but they, you know, when the Metro, Metro Stars, Stars thing kicked in, it wasn't kind of the same. Didn't have it didn't that have energy. Didn't have the same energy. It wasn't the same thing. I don't know if it ever, it still hasn't caught on, maybe. I mean, maybe it will someday. I hope it does. But uh, still to this day, it's still a, a monster. Like, you walk down the street and you're seeing a, a bunch of old dudes. They're not talking about the Giants. They will. They'll talk about the Giants and the Yankees. But they're talking European soccer. I mean, they're talking South American that's soccer. That's cool. Hmm. You know, it's it real, and that's legit. I'm, it's, it's, it's amazing. So that's, 
you know, my, my, some of my best memories are with my mom coming from Spain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, my father met her in Spain. He was in the Navy and, and, and asked, asked her to marry him on his deathbed. Good. <laughs> he was dying. He said, I won't get married until if I, unless I'm dying. Yes, and he got better. Whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That was I a twist ending. That's a twist ending. So, uh, uh, you know, they brought, she brought the love of the game with her, and he brought it too because he was in Europe all the time for almost 20 years. Sure, yeah. So, plus my family had sides from, from Italy, so there's a huge part of, you know. So, it's just, it was important of my blood I was a little tiny kid. That's hmm. awesome. And how did you end up here in Louisville? I transferred out here in 99. I was working for UPS at the time and I asked for a transfer. I was just tired of the Jersey thing. I just wanted yeah. to get away from, you know, I love I loved my hometown, and, but, you know, it's just so many people packed into such a small space and just yeah. tired of it. And it just worked out. It came out in 99. 99, um, so you were just sick of Kerry Collins? Yeah, just, I was, I was tired. Well, <laughs> although, not, it wasn't so much Kerry Collins. It was a couple guys before him, there a couple guys go. after him. But, um, the... Uh, uh, Transferred out in March of 99, uh, stayed out here until the economy tanked, got laid off a couple times when that whole deal happened. Right. I back to Georgia I that a couple years, came back out here in 12, and, and then the next year the, this, the team started. And so, you uh, were a season ticket holder the first year? Yes. You said you were already season at the first and second games? I, yeah, I've been well, season since the beginning. Well, we have had this conversation numerous times, so I won't belabor it, but we have said, we have said repeatedly that uh, that first game, against St. Louis, that uh, the way St. Louis, their fans, marched into the game, right. It I think that if they had not done that, I'm not sure we would ever be what no. we were. And that's what I was talking about with this whole, I don't know if you caught the, the other podcast a couple night, or last week, talking about the Cincinnati thing and you know how we all feel about Cincinnati, whatever. But that rivalry made us all better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. After the first, better fans, better chants, better TFOs, better everything. After the first game at that stadium, we beat them 3-2. I went over to the Bailey. and it was the Chandler other, Hoffman hat trick. Yeah. yeah. And, and standing there, hanging out. There, all the people were still there. I was down there shaking. And, and we've said this before. I'm sure you've talked. 99.5% of the folks that I've met from Cincinnati great. were great folks. Great people. Yeah. So I went down there shaking hands. And I'm, I'm telling you, they all said the same thing. I can't believe that you guys, you guys never stopped singing. Yeah. You guys never stopped chanting. You guys never... We made them better. Absolutely. We made Absolutely. them better. And then pushing the envelope, and then it went back and forth. That's why I'm hoping another rivalry sort of springs up. That it'll help I've still got my fingers crossed about Indy. Indianapolis. Indy is what should, it should develop. I'm right. hopeful. Yeah. Right. Because now I don't think they're going to, you know, they were talking about going to three conferences. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have enough teams. No, I don't think they are this year. No, so. so, you know, so St. Louis is going to be stuck in the West, and, and we're going to be, you know, and reg well, it'll really just depend on how the D D three alignment all shakes out about who's going to end up where, about where St. Louis ends up. They just are willing to shunt them wherever, and that sucks for St. Louis. We've yeah. talked about that, but uh, well, that's cool. I've got one more important question for you. Yes, uh, from me, and we'll I'll hand you off to Andy, uh, who does his thing. But uh, <laughs> my last important question is: Now I have said on the show mm -hmm. that I am personally interested. And how one goes about getting to sing the national anthem oh, before the no. game. You oh. have done so numerous <coughs> times to great success Thank and you. applause. Thank you. Have a good voice. Thank you. That's an important aspect of it, I'm sure, but shut up, Andy. <laughs> uh, if someone, and I'm not saying who, but me, wanted to sing the national anthem before a game, and Lance is already helping me to put pressure on the front office, ah. so here's, here's hoping that they, my phone rings sometime soon. How does one go about getting that gig? I went through the, when I the first time I did it. It's funny. The first time I did it at 
at, at Slugger, it was my 50th birthday. Oh, that's cool. And it was against Red Bulls. So I've only got 14 oh. years to go. Right. So you go. Yeah. And uh, it's so a waiting. Game. But I remember I went through. I just sent an email to the front office, and they directed it to. Uh, I forget who the young lady is that does it now. Um, gosh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Sure. But I can forward that. But there is somebody in the office that handles all of that type of stuff, booking. Uh, the you know they have the little bands that play. Their yeah, yeah, yeah. There is somebody that does that. I would, and you have to send a tape. Oh, so, so that's I am my, not, that was my question. They're not just going to give this to me sight unseen. He said he yeah. sent an email, and I was like, how how well worded was that uh, email? Right, right, they were right, like, well, yeah, we'll let this well, guy I, do I it. Had so a, I had an audition file, and I, I attached it to the email. This was when Amanda was the... Uh, Dang it. And I sent it to Amanda the first year when she was there, and then she just sent it to everyone, and I got to do it, and then... Uh, I've sort of become plan B. When somebody doesn't show up, they call me up. Do you have an audition, Pop? I'm gonna. There you go. I'm gonna. <laughs> Do you want me to record you seeing the national anthem so we can send it to him? You know, I, it's, this is strange, but I actually have recording equipment, it turns out. Yeah. So, uh, um, no, I don't want you involved because you're just going to make because you're gonna make fun of me. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you. Yeah, that's, that's what the that same is. Bit. I'm going to throw I just broke stuff. And beer bottles. I'm gonna okay. challenge you. I'm gonna spray you with a hose. We're doing it outside in your boxer shorts. All right. You are. You do a great job of it. Thank and the you. team's still, uh, I think, still undefeated. They got a draw this, on your last we one. We haven't. Right? We haven't lost. We lost the first time I did it, and oh. since then we haven't. Oh. Yeah, that's going back to 2000. Sure. And since I've done, since then we haven't lost since I've done. It. So, uh, so they should pl- yeah, we're gonna have a nice playoff run, is what you're saying. <laughs> we need yes. you to do it from here on out. Right? Now, <laughs> I'm curious, how is your version of my old Kentucky home? Because we have talked about on this that for playoff games in particular, I don't care if it's 10 minutes before the guys come out for national anthem. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if. We could have somebody lead the crowd in that, in uh, my old Kentucky home. Would be cool. We've talked about bringing in you know local musicians or uh, singers to be able to sing for those kinds of games right. or for opening day for playoff games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way we do it now for right. regular season games, right. but for the playoffs, bring in a Louisville musician yeah. or somebody to you know lead yeah, the crowd I, in it. Be kind of cool. I, I mean, it's the the, um, the thing about that, and I would agree. I mean, it would be kind of fun to do. The one thing, like you guys were saying before, the one thing that's bonding the crowd that that we that's that's ever happened is that. Yeah. Yeah. Is do so. I wouldn't want to. I mean, do we sing it twice? No. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I don't know if I would want to do it. Um, maybe do it well before the game. Right. You know, at a tailgate or something. You know what I'm maybe. saying? Like, you may want to do something where everybody's together in the lot or someplace in the march way before it. But during the game, we have something now that this is the one thing that we all do together. Even though it doesn't end, it's never going to end together when you have that much right. distance. Yeah. But at least we all do that together. I don't know if I'd want to sacrifice that. Maybe. You know? I'll be interested to but see when the new stadium opens up and what it looks like. I'll do what anybody else does. <laughs> yeah. I'll be interested to see what it looks like when the new stadium opens right, up. Right. Because uh, then we're going really to really be able to, to, to like lock bad. in some traditions right yeah. from day one. Yeah. But, uh, Andy, you got a question for Joe? I do. Yes, sir. I do. We talk all about it. And th- you get the easy version of the question. You li- How many shows have you listened to? I mean, I've listened to, gosh, it's got at least half. Maybe 30? We're at 30. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be at least half. Now, See, when I was sick, I didn't listen. So sure. I missed a bunch of them over the, not, not a bunch. but So you've heard a good portion, yeah. different versions of the question. Okay. Presumably. Presumably, okay. What are we okay, you're, you're lucking out. You get the easy question. Okay. We talk a lot about nicknames on the show, yes. right? Call Tosh Hulk. Yep. Sean Francis Frano, right, right. Well, or the nicest or, guy in the world. Nicest guy in the world. Well, I thought, guy in the world. How did, and he he was okay with uh he's okay with the uh, Fight Club. Fight Club. 
and Kevin. And Kevin. Yeah. Which yeah. I His might Starbucks like more name. than Fight Club, frankly. His Starbucks <laughs> name. Um, but yeah, we talk a lot about nicknames on the show, right. right? If you had to pick a nickname for yourself. My high school nickname. Okay. I like it. What do you got? Joe Mama. Joe Mama. That's just classic. <laughs> I don't care what era you're talking about. Well, I don't know what else I expected. <laughs> but I thought it might be the Twitter handle. I thought it might be Joy Z Joe. Joe. Yeah, no, my high school nickname was, was Joe Mama. That works. How did that happen? That happened at a soccer not a soccer game. It was at a the uh, we used to have we used to have they used to kind of call me this through the first couple of years in high school, but. We used to do a thing where we had a power puff football game. The girls would have a power Absolutely. puff football game. Absolutely, we did the, the same. Juniors would play the seniors. So my junior year, I'm like, you know what we're doing? We're going to put some freaking cheerleaders out there. Guys. And we wore, I'll send you pictures. We wore the freaking skirts and everything like that. Classic. And, you know, but we, I will tell you, we. I promise you we didn't do anything illegal before the game. No, Lord, Dep- no. Of course it depends, not. It depends on who you're citing what as law. You're exactly. Yeah. The Scouse's House Supporters Group <laughs> and In the House Podcast both categorically <laughs> condemn illegal actions of any kind. Except when it, categorically. Except yeah. when it's important. <laughs> yeah. there's no category. De- depends on the category. Yeah. But they, right. we were getting our shirts. Everybody got bought shirts and they're like, man, what are you going to get? What are you going to get, Joe? What are you going to get, Joe? So, so I put Joe Mama on the back of my stupid shirt and that was my, that was my name. That sticks. Still there is a lot of people. Joe Mama. Works for me. Yeah. yeah. I'll Can call I you that. It? All right. <laughs> we, we're, we're running a little bit late, and so I do right. want to... Uh, we'll, we're going we're gonna, to... This has been a blast. We're going we're gonna to hammer through a little bit of banter here, but I, I, want, uh, I warned you guys before the podcast began that I, I needed to hop up on a soapbox for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent out a tweet that got uh, quite a bit of response from people, and uh, it was... Basically, me saying that I see all the negativity out there, and it's uh, it is what it is. I get it. I understand it. You yeah. know, people are used to seeing us winning. You know, three games and drawing one game out of five. Yeah. You know, that's what we're used to seeing as fans. I'm. I proclaimed and will vocally proclaim now. I sincerely and honestly believe we're going to win the title again this year. I think we are going to get our back-to-back championships. I think that this team is headed in a special direction. Mm -hmm. I think that the results we've seen lately have been uh, way more positive than anybody who is just looking at the win-loss record is actually going to see. That, uh, you know, the the 3-0 win and the 6-0 win were awesome. That the only result that was a negative, a true negative result was the loss to Toronto. And it was a snowball effect where we yeah. fell behind and we did everything we could to get a goal and should have gotten a goal and didn't and then had to keep trying to get a goal and yeah we got caught on some counters and you lost a game and that's soccer and that happens to every team in the world the best teams included i sincerely think this team is going to win the championship this year i think that the quality of player we have is as good or better as the than the quality of player we had last year mm-hmm. i think that coach hackworth is learning this team little bit by little bit He's testing them, he's pushing their boundaries, he's trying them in different things, getting them outside their comfort zone, and I truly believe he's doing all of this intentionally, and that he wants to see what he can get from his guys, and then start sort of breaking them down before start putting them together, and I want to see him put them together, but I legitimately believe that this team is completely and utterly capable, and not just capable, but inevitable 
to win the championship again this year. I think we are a better team than any of the other teams that are out there. I think that the Cincinnati loss was the result of a monsoon and a truncated game and nothing else. Like we outplayed that team and deserved a win. Same thing with Charleston and those are two and same thing with Pittsburgh. And those are the three best teams in the East and we either beat them or should have beaten all of them. Yeah. And the the kicker is the East is just better than the West. Yeah. So if you get out from the East, then you should beat the West. And so I feel that way strongly, that this team is not only going to make you proud by winning a title, but they're going to do it in impressive fashion, especially once we see Brian Owen be healthy. <laughs> that was my soapbox. That was good. That was Thanks, cool. man. I feel, I feel that, was, that was a lot more concise than I thought it was going to be. I considered going longer. But, I was going to start know. humming, humming uh, Battle Hymn of the Republic behind yeah. that. I was hoping I it was going to be We Will I didn't Overcome. I want to interrupt but, the thought, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like it. Uh, Andy, this team, what's your current state of opinion? We're coming off of a loss and a draw to the number one and number two teams in the division. What is your current state of opinion about the team? What's your state of the union? we said this a lot, especially more toward like mid-season, just after mid-season. When people started, quote-unquote, panicking. Sure. I still don't think we panic. I agree with you. I agree with you. You watch those games, that we even the games that we lost, we should have won. Yeah. Cincinnati, it was a weird bounce. Yeah. End of the day, it was a weird bounce In caused the by literally an act of God, right? I agree with you. I think we're still not in panic mode. I think that, you know, there's some, I think we're going to go into, the best way I can put it is that I think we're going to go into a, like a, a honeymoon phase Yeah. with Hack. Okay. I like it. Trying different stuff. I think different stuff kind of energizes the guys. I think they like that. Again, that's why I think the triumvirate was so successful because it was something different. Yeah. Right? And now you have something different that's consistent, that feels a little bit more official. Okay. I think that, uh, I agree with you. I've decided to rename, just for one week only, the banter <laughs> section into monologue hour. Okay. Because yeah. that's what we're really getting here. And now yeah. I want to hear, what's your state of the union, Joe? How do you feel with six weeks remaining in the season? You've watched this team. You've, you you feel like you've got some concept of what we are. What's your opinion? Where are we going? Player for player is the most talented team in the league. Mm-hmm. Still nice. is. Even nice. with Cincinnati. Said that before the season started. With so much flux, you're taking all the components, you're pulling it apart. Because that's what's happened. It's it's really, you're literally reshaping it. You still have a solid foundation, though. Yeah. How much, and, and this is being as objective as I possibly can be, there are going, there's always, when you rebuild something like this, there's always going to be a change that impacts somebody mm-hmm. who's an integral part of it. Think of it, I can't think of a sports team that's gone through a major change where you put it back together and somebody's sitting there going, hey, me, you know, I used to, and I used to, what is that going to do? What what is that going to do to the internal acting uh, in, in the in the uh, in the locker room? That's my only concern because when you go down this, you go down a list of players. We're still the we're still even with Cincinnati acquiring all the players that they acquired after the MLS thing. I still think we're better. I take our roster over objective. their roster. That's an objective. That's not being. I'm not a homer. If yeah. if, if it's not there, it's not there. <laughs> Now, it's all these years of being a judge and all these years of programming, you learn. But you, how I feel about something doesn't mean crap. 
Yeah. You know, it is what it is. You know, two plus two is going to equal four whether I like it or not. Yeah. But at the to end me, of the two day, plus two almost always equals potato. Like, I don't even know what it is. It's bizarre. I'm going to go home and try and process that. <laughs> Probably not going to be successful. But, but honestly, I still think when you start talking about it, it's like Lancaster. Who up top is better than him and is more consistent? Well, obviously nobody because he's got the most goals. Clearly nobody. Late. Okay. Give me a guy that plays Speedy's position that's better than Speedy. I, give me a keeper that's better than Greg right now. Right? Give me two guys on the sides that give you the energy and effort and intensity that Oscar and Kai. I don't see it. I just don't. You know, and defensively, now that we've got a, it's the new shape on defense. It's two games in a row of, of a ping pong goal that they gave up, and then these two goals, an own goal and and, and a friggin' PK. Yeah. Other than that, if yeah. they can't score, and we got a guy on top like Lancaster, we can beat anybody. Yeah, I agree with that, and so, that's mostly why I thought, mostly why my opinion is yeah, what it is. My only concern, like I said, is what when they, when they reform this locker room, what piece of that puzzle is not happy being where it was now versus where it was then? And I think, and that's being honest. I mean, because the human feel, how you feel, and, and your importance, and so on and so forth, that matters. And my impression from what we've talked about tonight is that you think that that might end up being Paolo right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'd like to. I want to know. Because I am a huge fan of his. Me too. You know, and, and and to see when and the reason being is that when he stepped up this year and became the presence and the player that he was this year, and now all of a sudden it seems like from a system perspective he's being asked to to, to shift gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. How's and he's your captain? Okay. Yeah. This isn't somebody you bring off the bench. Right. This, yeah. is, this is your captain. He's been captain for two years and a very effective captain. He was good enough to be one of the one of the coaches of the team. Agreed. So if they allowed him to be one of the coaches of the team and they had that much success, something good had to be going on there. Yeah. So now that he's not as prevalent, now that he's he doesn't have obviously when I say a voice on the field. I mean obviously he's still the voice on the field, but his presence and and, and how he, his actions. How does that change things? I, I you know I don't know I don't know if it does or doesn't. But I hope it doesn't. You know, it's, um, you know, I, that's it. That's that's really my concern is there. And then, well, that's one of the places where I think that us being such a veteran laden team is right. going to help us. I think that the idea that we mostly aren't eighteen to twenty three year olds, right? That right. this team is mostly twenty five to twenty nine year old right. veterans, yeah. And that Paolo is as much of a veteran and a consummate professional as he is. I think that's one of the places where this is going to help. That even if he is on the inside thinking, I liked my role better under whatever, or I liked my, I felt like I had more control, or I prefer playing up here or back here or whatever. That because he's a professional, he's going to be able to look past that and say, hey. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but the best way forward for the team is for us to come together under the current regime because we're not getting another one this nope. year. Right. So i got to come together for this purpose right now and start pulling in the same direction or we're in trouble. Right. And you've so. got to think that they're thinking, you know, the league's expanding, the, yeah. the Division One's expanding. A lot of teams. It's, a lot of teams are, are, are looking yeah. for new talent. They're going to be looking for, you know. Put it on tape. You know, and, and maybe that has that, that plays a big role. And, and let's not forget that one of our coach, you know, the guy that used to coach our team now coaches Division One. I'm sure. Some, I'm sure that you know people are picking up. The I have no yeah. doubt that we're going to see at least one player from our team on oh, Orlando City be yeah. at the start of next season. I have no question. But but I think they'll peak at the right time. I really do. I think that there's good. If if those components come together and that doesn't happen, I think they're going to be peaking at the right time. I think this 17 game run by Cincinnati is not going to be 27. No, there's no way no. that's going to happen. I, if I'm them, I'm really hopeful we lose before the playoffs. Yeah. Just me. All right. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's what we got for tonight. I think that's the show. That was good. I had a lot of fun, Joe. Well, thank you, guys. I mean, honestly, Joe, that was, that was great. I appreciate. Thank you, Joe I, Mama. That was entertaining thank you. and. 
illuminating, and yeah. we can't always say that. Some people are one, some people are the other, and it's always fun. Mm-hmm. But you were both. It, it was both. I just enjoyed. I mean, I enjoy hanging out. It's the first time I ever got a chance to hang out with you guys. Yeah, this has I'm been a blast. To doing it again. <laughs> it's it's an immense compliment to us that you listen. To I do. Let alone we're willing to come on it. So yeah, this yeah. has and been then, great. And I've got to make one, and then a final announcement. Please, if, if you got anything to plug, anything. Yes, yeah. Of course, the Groove Machine. Um, yeah. Huge fans. Hopefully, you guys. Um, you know, please. They're not there for the accolades. If they were, I wouldn't let them be there for the accolades. It's sure. not about the accolades. It's about helping the supporters support the team. But I, they love beer. So. <laughs> we will keep Feel that free in mind. to buy them a beer next, when you get a chance. And it, I, at the next home game, I will personally take yeah. up a Scouse's Ass collection and, <laughs> buy, and buy at least four beers for the group. I think we can, we can scratch for at least four, and you guys can split them however and, you choose. And anything we can do. Anything we can do to dash lines and 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 cross support each other, to to bring the fan base. And I'm saying it's not it's not bad. I'm 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 not, I'm not making some sort of impression. I think it's bad. It's far from bad. But anything we can do in the future, um, one of the things is another podcast. Yeah. There's, and I would like to. Oh, announce, that's right. I forgot like about this. I apologize. That there's an idea being tossed around right now, and would like to get some feedback. The Groove Machine is 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 working on the the, the foundation of having our own podcast. Which is a great idea. It will idea. not be... Uh, it's going to be a completely different format, completely different mm-hmm. idea, um, and it's going to really be based strictly on supporters. It's going to be... I mean, you guys do a great job with the analysis. I mean, like I said, Jordan with and, and with, with, with the Final Judgment, Taylor when he does his things with, with his thing with, with, the, uh, with the, the Cooper's podcast, and then even on the, the, uh, the radio show. Mm, yeah, you know those guys. Do, you know uh, Kevin and Scott are doing a wonderful job. Lance, you just get in the way. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> oh, I'm kidding Lance. I love you, Oso. I love you. I love you, Lance. You know, but um, uh, this this one's going to be. Uh, we're working on a format. It's going to be completely supporter based. And it's that's a be, great you know, idea. It's that's just going to be something that's going to be based on having fun. We're talking about probably anchoring in or reaching out to other teams, other support groups. So so keep an eye out for that. If you have any ideas, and if you have any ideas for us that we can, you know, from a playing perspective that we can do to help. We're here. I mean, you know, that's the best thing about this, the, the drum thing is that they're volunteers. They are, they're there to help. And uh, I'm really proud of them, and I'm thankful. Thanks, guys. We're and awesome. they're the yeah, best yeah. in American soccer, bar none. So yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I love the idea of the podcast. I, I think that uh, a supporters group podcast, I mean, purely about supporters exactly. culture is awesome. I think that, uh, you know, Final Judgment, Barrel Proof, Coaches Show, right. Soccer City Radio – the new uh, Latin language or Spanish language uh, podcast is going to be awesome. I've heard about a Subudio Louisville podcast right. that they're trying to put out. There's a lot of great uh, you know content, and the more content, the better. Yep. We just hope that you make us some part of your content because we enjoy having you guys with us. And uh, at the end of every one of our podcasts, we only have one thing to say, and that is Go, Go City! City.